0: welcome back to the periodical podcast with me is matthew lichtenstadter i'm thomas krulikowski i think this one's on tape
1: i think this one's on tape yes why hockey we're going to tell you why you might have seen a podcast from us last week it was up for maybe 50 minutes and then i edit these things i looked at it everything looked good and then i listened back to a bit of it and i went oh crap Editing snafus and audio snafus, and because of the way this podcast is recorded and the way that Tommy and I like to do our shows, they're very much stream of consciousness, not necessarily things that you can easily edit without making the podcast sound odd. So, we both made an executive decision to fall on our sword and do it again. Problem being, we both had scheduling conflicts last week when we were planning on doing it again, so we are now recording this a week later than the original show, but it is fine. Because now there is actually news that we can get to related to some of the things that we want to talk about. As much as I loved some of the running jokes from the last show, I don't remember which ones they were. So maybe if <laughs> I remember, we'll bring it up in the midst of random conversation as we usually do in this podcast because it is just a complete stream of consciousness. Now, I do want to start because we recorded this today that the Panthers have officially announced their coaching staff. There are no surprises in it. We, we talked about it on the show you'll never hear. Or maybe some of you heard, but you couldn't listen to the whole thing because it was like an hour and 40 minutes, and it was only up for maybe 50. But the coaching staff's not a surprise. Andrew Burnett's on it. We talked about him. He was an assistant coach with the Wild a couple years ago. Uh, Then he moved up to the front office. Mike Kitchen's there because he's always on Joel Quenville's right, right side or wherever he stands on the bench. But if you are a Florida Panthers player that is gritty, that is tough, That's very Vinny Viola and Doug Sifu, the kind of people that they want to associate with, but they're not, you know, the superstars, you know what I mean? You are now officially going to get a job with the Panthers when you retire. Like last year, Derek McKenzie was a coach, in air quotes, and he's now technically an assistant coach. So if you look at the Panthers directory, he's going to be an assistant coach. But I have no idea where he's going to be, because normally there's only two people on the bench. So I guess he's going to be an assistant coach in the press box. I mean, that's basically what he was doing last year that's the only thing i can think of
0: i i think they spent all their coaching budget on kitchens and and q i mean cuz kitchens is probably a million plus right y- you know he's he's been a long time assistant and has a lot of success so obviously he's he's at least pushing a million if uh, what's it like mike yo's a million and uh, who's the other assistant coach at the Flyer sign <laughs>
1: shellter uh,
0: Right, yeah, they're they're all like million plus assistant coaches. Well, so it's you, when you can
1: pour from the well from Comcast as opposed to pouring from the well from the Panthers. Right. I mean, So I think couple, but...
0: it, it helps when, you know, the charity serve the, the payment it's kind of prepaid with when you think about McKenzie's uh last few contracts with the Panthers and, and how much money he got there. So, um, you know, he's kind of breaking in uh into a new career and, you know, we all knew it was going to happen. Yes.
1: Once it happened with I mean, so Thornton, you kind of figured it's, it's going to happen with Derek McKenzie. You know what this means, Tommy? I know you're going to love me when I say this. Your next Panthers, you know, ambassador marketing dude is going to be Troy Brower.
0: Yeah. I mean, we, we he was training with Matheson and Barkov with uh, Max Ivanov, the the skills coach that they were using. Um, And you probably saw on social media, if you're into that, if you're following Barkov and Matheson and all that stuff. Um, So he's probably getting, yeah, I mean, and like one or two is fine. It's just the constant overflow um, and how many are every year and how many just stick around. Um, I I wish we had an abundance of top four left-handed defensemen, uh, at the moment that we <laughs> no, were just kicking no. around, staying around. No. Nope. Um, instead, instead we got, uh, we got grinders. Um, yeah. But you know, it's not like Thorin's really done any damage or has done anything really too much, too little or whatever. in He's in fine. the front office I think gig, he enjoys his role. You know, I, I think it's m- likely that Derek McKenzie is a better coach than he was a hockey player. And all things considered
1: that before I thought, I've heard people say Derek McKenzie could be a pretty yeah. decent coach.
0: Yeah. And, and all things considered, right. Um, the, these types of players do turn into pre- pretty good coaches. I mean, they also, well, the bad coach
1: potentially winning coach could be Craig Berube. So. Right.
0: Yeah. But
1: you know, it, well, he also could turn into decent analysts like right. Bill Lynch, and, is a great analyst. He was a fourth line player his career.
0: Yeah. And if he's a better coach than player, I mean, all things considered, he was a good player. Relative to how many people pick up a hockey stick, play hockey, and don't come close to that level. Okay, if you're so one hundred
1: hockey player. Well, you know, he might say, have been at one point.
0: It's, it's just another piece of evidence uh, into the growing library of evidence that you know, our predictions are pretty spot on. Because <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure I remember O'Brien, me, and, and even you. You know, every contract like this guy's just gonna. Be here forever. He's going to get a coaching gig, like a year. The year he retires, he, they're going to pull the, the the Willie Mitchell on him or something, or the Scotty Upshaw. And sure enough, they did. And technically,
1: um, technically, he was a coach last year, for what that's worth.
0: Right, and you know, I that's fine.
1: I mean, he was as, a long, good as, as, long, as long as he's, for I, a time in the National Hockey League. So, well, I don't want center. to say he was
0: good. He was a good center in the AHL. He was a he wasn't a liability for some of his career in the NHL is probably the best charitable
1: here today, aren't we? I
0: mean, but that's, that's just the best it gets for Derek McKenzie, but there's nothing wrong with that. How many people would not give up their jobs and lives and everything to, to have that no matter how many, you know, uh, maybe the other
1: Panthers, a coach is, is Andrew Burnett, who was also, you know, a fourth line for most of a
0: little better of a player, a little, a little,
1: um, relatively gonna, speaking,
0: no, I'm I'm pulling up. I think I think Andrew Burnett probably has more NHL points than Mackenzie has NHL so. games, yeah. but then Mackenzie has NHL games.
1: Yeah, let me see. I'm gonna use our old friend Wikipedia to figure this out.
0: Okay. Uh, so
1: his NHL total—he yeah. played a 1, thousand and hundred and ten games. That's a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, and seven hundred and thirty-three points, and there's no way Mackenzie. Oh, there's no way that
1: even that. I didn't even think that Andrew Burnett was that good.
0: Yeah. So I mean, like, there's, you know.
1: Boy, I mean, must have like, been a When time you're thinking,
0: when Derek McKenzie's telling you something, it's one NHL thing.
1: Games, 125 points. As what yep. I
0: say. So yeah, like I said, Burnett has more points than games played by Derek McKenzie. Um Take that for what you will. Doesn't mean anything. Um, unless you, unless unless you put, yeah, which wouldn't have, you know, been bad. And obviously there's no, I don't have anything wrong with Burnett or uh, the coaching staff's fine. I got Q. I'm not going to.
1: Yeah. I think it's basically what we expected. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's still Quenville. Um, for, did I ever say, I mean, I said it on the old recording. I'll say it again here. I don't think I ever posted it on Twitter. When I was down in Florida the first time for recently, for work-related purposes, and I was watching, I think it was Bruins-Leafs Game 5 or Game 6, and during that game, the Panthers had an ad up with Joel Quenville with the same logo they've been using on Twitter with the song, Every Day I'm Hustlin'. Now that is going to go up as one of the best Florida Panthers ads ever, next to that random ad from 95-96 with Radic Dvorak, which they showed at one point. Um, I can't remember when it was. You probably will be able to find it on Twitter. I think Randy Moler was in it too. It was hilarious. So sometimes they do have good TV presence.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's also, just
1: every day I'm hustling, being used. It's like TV.
0: it's like their other hockey decisions. You know, it's it's sometimes they can really surprise you, but it, it's got to be more consistent I <laughs> and see same TV with ads. their
1: ads. I saw Bill They're promoting it, and I have heard. But well, that... what
0: what happens when they hit that first bump of resistance? That's the big thing because usually when that happens, the downward spiral starts, and it usually happens in October or September or even August some years when they when they hit that first stumbling block, whether it's a stupid trade like bowl into Arizona before the season that you know, or you know, there's just like a lot of them that they do something stupid and they just lose all momentum and they can't pick it up until you know at least. The trade deadline or something be before they yeah so it's can they just keep making good or at least not harmful decisions um
1: well you know there is one thing about that that i've always wanted to mention on the show and i don't know if i've ever mentioned it before you know the gold plan right the drafting plan where you, once you get eliminated from the playoffs the points you accumulate leads to draft picks or whatever it is it's a terrible idea but the only good thing about the gold plan is the panthers would win every year because they're always spectacular when they're eliminated and they have nothing to play for
0: Right, yeah. It would be, it'd be a pretty good formula for them. We'd be talking about, you know, Capo Caco later as a potential Panther uh-huh. instead of, you know, like Patrick Line. But, you know, either <laughs> or.
1: Oh, yeah. boy. Uh, one other yeah. thing about the Panthers that we want to mention is we're only like two weeks away from the draft. It's crazy. Uh, you know they signed Rodrigo Abels, Latvian forward. And it was funny because we always joke about how the Panthers cannot sign anybody from Sweden. You know, they don't like Swedes. But now, they've signed somebody from the Swedish Hockey League. It's amazing.
0: Getting close. I mean, he might be Latvian, but uh, they aren't too bad anymore. Isn't so. he
1: closer to the... Well, we know what happens. If he has, like, 10 NHL points in 15 games, the entire country of Latvia will vote him in as an All-Star Game starter.
0: Yeah, and make a rap song about him.
1: Yes. Did that actually happen about Zemgus Girgensons? Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I missed that. Did you...
0: I mean, was the, the, the chorus is pretty much just his name. One of the years awesome.
1: in that, that All-Star game. That was the Columbus year. Yeah. That whole All-Star game starter list was all Blackhawks and Zemgus Jurgensen's. Yeah. It was so funny.
0: They really didn't understand internet voting back then.
1: No. Well, the, was, <laughs> That's pretty you much think the, the... NHL actually understands the internet?
0: <laughs> no. I mean...
1: I mean, Colin Campbell, they don't, I don't know if he even has they don't so un- the ability to get off of dial-up yet
0: if they understand it, you know, they understand a lot of things and choose to ignore it. Like uh CTE. So, um, or the it LGBT could be will for Yeah. It could be will for willful ignorance.
1: Well, I don't know if it's will for ignorance, ignoring the internet, but I mean, maybe it's just like, you know, Gary Bettman's old Colin Campbell's older, you know, is a colon. Colin Campbell probably still uses, as I said, he probably still uses dial up. But anyway, the point is with, with Abel's is, I you always want to take flyers on players like this whether he's a first line player for Springfield or whether he His, somehow makes the bottom 6 he's a flyer if it's, he doesn't work it's, out there's no risk if he does work out you've found somebody it's, in for nothing
0: It's fine but it's not the flyers that I want them taking I mean they've we've seen a lot of UFA defensemen of around the same age that are lefties and could be of something being signed we've seen some better forwards um being signed are still out there that are either you know undrafted and and aged out of the draft, um, or have been drafted and and you know are are in their later twenties coming back over, um, mm-hmm. which would have more of an impact. I mean, this is basically a maximum. Henry Coppola replacement, some guy who you know is going to be a tweener and probably be a used and abused and tossed back to Europe in in 18 months or so.
1: Well, do um, you know what's the best part about this is? Do you know who drafted him?
0: Oh, the Van the Vancouver, because uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it's it's either it's either some fucking like Vancouver seventh round pick uh, somebody who like was 20 years old and put up a lot of goals finally in the WHL or like someone straight out of 10 peers like junior C League uh, or we don't sign him.
1: Yeah. Well, perhaps <laughs> well, I mean, again, if 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 Yari Kekalainen said go out and sign this guy you can't say no to that. But again, yeah, it's I mean either the Blackhawks or the Canucks. It's one of the two with the Panthers.
0: I don't I don't think – I'm not expecting much of him, and I'm, I'm expecting more signings that are of better quality from this team. Um, and I hope they do that. Stop. They have a lot of time.
1: Was that I hope it's not this,
0: this – I hope this we... is just some random step. This is just some weird – this doesn't really uh, – I hope this doesn't really identify a pattern or anything or speak to a um, process. I think this is – you know, hopefully, just it yeah. is what it is, because yeah, I mean, yeah, he's, not he's not even that player that was a signed by uh
1: by one of the teams this year that you were like, oh, I would have liked the Panthers to have signed him, because you know they all kind of just blend in, you know what I mean? But if there, were yeah, I'll, there was yeah, somebody...
0: Oliver Oliver Klaski or whatever his oh, name God, was, uh, yeah, and I mean I don't know if that would have been an issue, but he was definitely one. Um, there was another Finn, I think, who signed with Chicago um, or somebody like that. Or was it Montreal?
1: I don't um, know who it was. I'm just looking at all yeah. these players. Like, I, can't, I can't tell. Like, like I mean, the, like, maybe the, 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 I've seen the, the Stars sign a couple of them. Obviously, the uh, the Leafs signed Mikiev or whatever his name is.
0: Yeah, and like obviously the big signings are Bob and Panarin to kind of keep this thing moving. Uh, and at this point, it, it would seem like a big mistake if um, Florida didn't sign at least one of Bob and Panarin. And I know a lot of people think Bobrovsky's the the, the more important one. Uh, we've talked about this before. I'd say uh, Panarin's the more important one. You look at 100% the...
1: 100% agree with you. It's Because
0: he's he's the least likely to be a risk at the contract level, et cetera, to have a better performance, uh, through the contract. Uh, it's easier to be consistent as a forward when you're just a scorer and everything. Um, he's kind of everything, uh, and Florida really needs more five on five scoring outside and even more power play options, uh, yeah. outside, you know, just a handful of guys and, even though Panarin would be the second maybe the third best forward on the team it pushes guys down it, it gives Frank Vitrano the ability to keep um, keep that momentum going and 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 get those easy third line minutes and you put him with a guy like Tippett or Borgstrom and and maybe a vet or something like that and you can get a really good third line you can push Malgin to fourth line center and, and you give Vincent Trocheck
1: an actual winger yeah.
0: yeah yeah i mean there's a lot of good reasons for it and when you think about Borovsky – um. Yeah, that'd be great. He's probably one of the few goalie options. And, and that's probably the biggest selling point is um, he's the best and one of the only real starting options that can win you a playoff series um, right now.
1: Now he's actually proven that he can because we yeah, talked and- about this before the playoffs and we all thought that the Blue Jackets were going to get steamrolled and they didn't. And Bobrovsky but, was good this postseason, and that's the first time he's been good this postseason. That was one of my big concerns, was he's been great the regular season, but when you hire Joel Quenville, getting there doesn't matter so much as now you've got to win something. And I didn't think Bobrovsky was a goalie at the time that could win you a playoff series. Now, he's only won one, but he did at least prove this postseason that with a good enough team in front of him. And with Joel Quenville, you'd expect the Panthers to be good enough in front of him to get there at least that he can win a playoff series. But as I said, if you're signing him for seven years and $10 million, it's a lot of money you're tying up, and I know the cap's going to go up. I know you think there's going to be a lockout and there's going to be compliance buyouts. We'll, we'll see what happens down the line with that. But as if I had to pick between the two, give me Panarin and have the Panthers win every game 6-4. Because if you put Panarin on the top line with Barkoff and Huberto, I don't know how that isn't the best line in hockey. Instantly.
0: Right. I agree. And that would be just a wrecking it's, ball
1: of destruction and beauty.
0: The way the market is for goalies um and even defensemen which we'll be talking about in a few seconds with the Panthers is, you know, it's easier to find someone that's not at the top end of the pay scale, that's not at, you know, the top end of popularity and 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 demand on the market uh in net that can get you a cup or can get you competitive. Uh and, you know, i think there's more options in that they there's a couple 20 21 year old guys in this draft right now that they could get for free in a in the say the third or fourth round they have four three fourth round picks right um that you get them and they maybe get varlamov uh and if you if you improve your d you get you know a new partner for ekblad and you're you're banking on q in the system um helping that and maybe you pick up another guy for the third pair or or to be a depth option just in case to weigh it out um and you know with that offense punch with panarin and and however you do that or whoever you'd get uh i mean we can talk about patrick line apparently wanting out of winnipeg which there's (laughs) an automatic tie in there yeah that's actually seems to be a thing at least you know starting to uh, be a thing. I don't know how much you want to trust the the rumors this early in the summer, but I'll say this: that's that's a person that I.
1: Can you imagine? Makes make this playing is. Together?
0: is the type of player like William Nylander that would make these demands, would force a trade right off his ELC, etc. Would take a
1: or or an offer or and, good and would hold out.
0: Winner. Right. Yeah. So like, there's. I mean, there's a few other options up front, but I think Panarin's the one that costs you the least is the le- is the most likely to happen. And to be fair, as much as I like line a, there's a lot besides scoring that needs work. Um, Duchesne, uh whoever you, you want to get, Marner, et cetera. Definitely. Panarin, yeah. Panarin's the guy who's plug-in, can do it all himself, doesn't really need much coaching. And the coaching that he would need, he already has a relationship with Q. Like, it's it's just kind of the perfect storm. And,
1: and he's playing with a Russian on his line. And he's playing with one of the best playmaking centers in the game. I mean, as I said, he was dominant when he was playing on a line with, what was it, Kane and Anisimov? And, you know, Artem Anisimov is what he is. I think that was the line that was, like, so great for Chicago the year that he won the call. Right. But... Now, I mean, you put him on a line with Barkov, and you could put anyone on his wing. You could even put our old friend Seth Griffith on his wing and they would score a trillion goals. I mean, yeah, you put you put but, on the wing and you're, and you're set. The other thing, of course, will, is goaltending.
0: Will is, Bob, you know, and if, and if signing Bob to a contract you kind of feel a little uneasy about is a way to get Panarin, you kind of do that too. I mean, it, Panarin, I, I don't want to overhype him, but Panarin's definitely the type of guy where it's – the fit, the moment, everything's kind of coming together and you, you can push all in on him. He definitely has the skill level. He definitely has um and,
1: and the work ethic. We talked about it. Like you've got a three year window when Barkov's making five point nine to win the cup.
0: Right. And right. And you know, this is when this is when Tom Rowe should have been at the table saying, you know, we're entering our windows right now. Not 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 five years ago.
1: When they thought they were entering their three-year window. Uh, The other thing about goaltending is we don't know how good Montembeau – I think he could be good. There's still a lot that he obviously has to work on. And I have said, you put a better defensive system in front of him. And, we again, presume you're going to get that with Joel Quenville from the start. And, obviously, you have to improve the day. But Montembeau is – I mean, he's not the starter. But if Jordan Bennington could take you to Stanley Cup Final, if the Carolina Hurricanes could get to where they got with Peter Morazic and Curtis McElaney, right – like goaltending is voodoo you don't necessarily need to pay a trillion dollars for a guy like bob i've been on the you sign varlamov to a three-year deal worth maybe like five and a half or something like this you give montenbo the backup job but if montenbo takes over Varlamov's spot then you're fine because then you could easily get rid of varlamov to the seattle easter eggs this is my theory and i've been a proponent of that whether it happens or not, who knows? Of course, you know George Richards actually went and hunted down Bobrovsky and Panarin when they were vacationing in South Beach, and the most George Richards thing in the history of George Richards. Loved reading that right. story about like what are they gonna do? We're gonna find out. We're not too far away from finding it out. If I had to guess, I still think Bobrovsky more likely than Panarin because I think Panarin has more options. I think that it's very. What likely. what are his
0: options? He, I, his we, options I, are where he wants to go, which seems to be two places. Well,
1: Well, he wants to be in a big city and near water. The Kings are going to be garbage, and they don't have cap space. The only team that I say you have to fear is the Rangers, and the Rangers have a a legitimate reason to sign him, and the Rangers could get, like, insta-good overnight if they sign Panarin and they bring Kako in, and you're now looking like, oh, crap, the Rangers are really good. But that's the only team that I legit fear. With Bobrovsky, I don't think there's any other team that would legitimately sign him. And you go like, oh, and I saw a rumor that maybe the Sharks would be interested. No idea why they do that. I know Martin Jones has been terrible, but you could upgrade your goaltending cheaper than that. I mean, I saw the Islanders, but last year they turned Robin Lehner and Thomas Grice into being great. So I don't think that that makes sense. It's always looked like Bob and the Panthers had the fit. And maybe when you think about that coming in and the tax things with Florida and him wanting to play under you know, less pressure, maybe that means the cap hit goes down and you're not killing yourself four years down the line when Bobrovsky's not good anymore, but th- that's always seemed more likely, but if you get Bob and Panarin, and there's still absolutely a chance that they do, you're looking at a team next year that goes instantly like, oh, they can win the Cup. And I mean, for the Panthers, that's not something we've said in 25 years, basically. So, you can't really I complain don't, about that.
0: I don't think that they can win a Cup until they get a partner for Eckblad. I think Eckblad's well, too important Point and two. I also think
1: that their left-handed
0: defensemen are too shit. So I mean, let's,
1: let's go into that now because that is another point. I've made a point that the Panthers need to upgrade the bottom six. That's something that kind of happens in time. And if you sign Panera, yeah, you upgrade the bottom six by default.
0: I don't think anyone at this point is saying that the bottom six doesn't need to be upgraded. But I, I think people are underestimating how much work also needs to be done on that second oh. line. If not mainly because of Trocek. Um, Yeah,
1: well, the one thing I'll say on Trocek before we get to D is last year, he was bad. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. He was bad, and he was injured, and it was a terrible injury, but even before he was injured, he was not playing well, and that was a rough season for Vincent Trocek. Now, we know he can play better. We've seen him play better, Uh, but I want to see what Joel Quenville can do with him. Like, what kind of things does he tell Vincent Trocek to do with his game? Because we have seen times when Vincent Trocek... You know he gets it in his head he's a very headstrong you know tough nails kind of guy right but then sometimes he could try to do it all himself and that creates a problem and he could sometimes get caught running around a bit i want to see what he does with with trocek because you have to now ask a couple of questions about him he's got you know three years left if it doesn't work out at center are we going to see the another tommy krulikowski prediction do you move him to the wing which is something that I think maybe we see at some point, although I doubt it at the moment. But could we see I at mean, some point?
0: I think, yeah, I think we're you're pretty much – Trocek's future in Florida is depending on him moving to wing. I mean, I don't see him making it past the expansion draft and all of that if he if he wants to be a 2C because at that point um, I think it's going to be pretty unlikely. Heppo Niemi could still be a center. Um, I don't think it's – Yeah. And then, yeah, the obvious one's Borgstrom. Um, I don't think it's out of the question that Florida doesn't take a a decent center at 13 overall in this draft. Um, they
1: shouldn't, but it's possible that they do. I mean,
0: I, I don't, you can never take too many centers. Um, I don't think you can ever have too many centers. You can never have too many centers. You can never have too many kind of dynamic D I guess is is the best way to say it. Um,
1: so let's, let's focus on D, and then we'll get to the draft, because I know yeah. that's one of your things, right. and this is Tommy time. Well, but let's go to D, because we've talked a lot this year about how Aaron Eckblad actually had a really good year. It just didn't look like it, because he was asked to do far too much, which is always what happens. Yeah. to Aaron Eckblad. He had, a, if you he go had a good
0: a, year breaking up plays, breaking up zone entries. If you um, look at some of
1: the, the stats, like if you go to Evolving Hockey, and you look at the RAPM stuff, and you look at his goals above replacement, He's one of the best on the team. He's like two or three on the team. He had a really underrated great season, and he wasn't even playing first power play. So he's really taking a big step forward, right? We talked about after that awful year a couple of years ago with the concussions, like, is he going to really become Aaron Eckblatt? I know people say, oh, he's not actually a number one D. You look at some of the things that he was doing and what he's been asked to do, he was playing like a number one D. He needs a partner, though, that can make him really be what we know Aaron Eckblad can be like when he was with Brian Campbell, remember he won the Calder and he was great. Brian Campbell turned out to be the, the perfect partner for him. The way that Campbell played, the way that he didn't want to have the puck all the time. And you know, the way that he would let Aaron Eckblad do what he does. And they, because,
0: and they haven't really put much thought into his partner since.
1: No, because it's been Keith Yandel and Keith Yandel does not and, work with Aaron Eckblad. And Mike Matheson also does not work with Aaron Eckblad.
0: Right. And at this point, Um, it, I don't see how you can go into the season expecting Yandel. Well, I guess your only way you can go into the season with Yandel as Ekblad's partner is if Quinville is just so attached to the idea of, I don't want to upset Ekblad's partner out the gate, which I think is just a stupid reasoning, blah, blah, blah. But obviously if Q comes in, right exactly but you know obviously that'd be the one reason.
1: roster in the last two months and said you know what we need another guy here and we've we, heard rumors from the but, panthers that said they're looking for another guy
0: right but where where do they keep saying and i don't know if this is just because everyone's looking for right-handed defenseman or what but you know richards have said it then and, and talon said it um that and i don't I, don't, I haven't heard Quinville say anything different is that it's a right-handed defenseman they're looking at. And if they're looking at a right-handed defenseman, what's that mean? They're looking at somebody for Yandel, somebody for Matheson on that second pair, whoever it's going to be, um, and not for Eckblad. And now if you're looking for someone on the second pair it, for Yandel, that's fine. I mean, I think Yandel needs a new partner and maybe that's not Mackenzie Wegar, but I, your two best defensemen are right-handers. Why are you trying to stuff another one there? And you have a guy, you have a couple lefties who can play right, and you have a couple other righties who aren't too bad either. Um, I don't understand why they need to throw another right-handed into the mix, whether it's Jacob Truba, whether it's anything. That's a cap are you hit. That's okay
1: with Truba? Because I'm, I'm no, not no, cause
0: Truba, I, I mean, I would be okay with Truba, but the issue with Truba is money. And he and I'm not paying that type of money for someone to fill in under Ekblad where, you know, Weger's already on the fence of being that good. We well, not as good as Trouba, but Weger is, a, is on, on the fence of being a second pair defense and possibly, or at least He's doing junior, it enough.
1: I mean, we, we've, I've really been pleased with Mackenzie Weger and right. his development. And we, so, of all of the Panthers, like 5'6", D, you know, Josh Browns and the people of this nature – like, Uyghur is the one that really rose up above the fray and has always found a way to differentiate himself because he is a little bit different than all the other he's at least, defensemen.
0: He's at least waving his hand going, hey, I'm an everyday nhl You can play me every game.
1: Well, the other thing that as he does that I'm we like play. is he's not as reliant on the puck as the Panthers' top 3D are. The, all right. of the Panthers' that's top a, 3D that's a are, are puck rushers. We've talked about this, and we'll say it every single time puck,
0: hogs puck hogs is is probably the best way to yeah. describe Matheson and yandel um they they need the touches need and,
1: and they need a brian campbell type not like a guy who plays exactly like brian campbell because he is a very unique defenseman but we've said you know what kind of defensemen are out there we've said carolina they can't keep all that they have one of pesci or slavin would go and i've said if you do the pesci or slavin for a hoffman type trade People would say, why are you trading Mike Hoffman? But if you traded Hoffman and you signed Panarin, you're not losing anything in terms of goals, and you've just upgraded your D in a major way. You've given that balance to the D pairings that you desperately need. And Slaven and Pesci have been so good for Carolina. They're dealing from a place of surplus. The Panthers are dealing from a place for surplus, and everybody's happy. We've also said the Flyers are dealing from a place of surplus with D. Philippe Myers is a Especially
0: on the... Yeah, and especially on the left hand side. I was
1: watching the, the World Championship final against Finland, and every time I watched Philippe Myers, I'm going like, Wow, he's really dang good. And so then you go, Oh, well, they don't need some of the defensemen they have. You might think, Oh, Shane Goss is spare, but he's like all the other D for the Panthers. And as great as it would be to have, you know, kid from Broward County play for the Panthers and grew up a Panthers fan, you want a D more like Proveroff if you could get him out. You know, we talked about Shillington in Calgary they've got extra D that they might be willing to move for more offense. You know, those are the kind of D that you need to balance out Aaron Eckblad, and lesser extent Keith Yandel, of course, because he's very similar. But if you balance out your top pair and you give Aaron Eckblad that balance and you suddenly let Aaron Ekblad do Aaron Eckblad things, like he can actually drive the offense, he can be assertive. His defensive game has improved immensely since, you know, even a couple of years ago. He's much better than he used to be. And he'll tell you he still has to improve in a lot of areas. But he can be a number one D. He just needs the partner to help him do that. And coaching, obviously, is going to be something of that. But those are the D that we're talking about. Are they going to get yeah, one of them? You have- I don't know. But it certainly seems like you go to places where they have a surplus. And they also have a need in the area the Panthers have extra, which is they have a few too many forwards. And with cap reasons, you might need to trade Hoffman. And that's not as slight against him. It's he's an asset. And he's got one year left on his deal. If you did something like that, you're not losing anything up front in terms of goals. You definitely have the options to replace him. And then you've just made your decor a thousand times better because look at, again, look at the Bruins and what they've been able to do with guys like Grizzlick and Carlo. You know, the, the Bruins only have one Ekblad Yandel type and that's Charlie McAvoy. The rest of their D are not like that.
0: The, I don't know, you know the I, mean? I I've the way Grizzly's been playing the last two years I think, he,
1: but that he's not he's, like Mike Matheson like they're different D. Yeah yeah but it, um, but you I know, think Mike Matheson doesn't have what what Matt Grizzly's been doing this postseason in him is what I'm saying. I don't like that's not well what Mike I Matheson I think is. we have
0: to I think there's a rational look at this it's you have Aaron Ekblad. One, two, three, four, five, six more years at $7.5 million. That's a huge investment in a player. And you can't afford to, to, to not address it. Uh, and then you have Matheson, who's got one, two, seven three, four, years, five, eight, six. Seven, five. Yeah, crazy, right? That's a huge investment. And this is a defenseman, Matheson, whose last year's issues, self-described, were overthinking mental self-mistakes, just not – just not being a good defenseman. So you're going to you tell me.
1: Last year, Matheson, please keep it so simple.
0: So 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 Florida's plan is to start him in the top four. I don't, and, and possibly even first pair. That would be, I think, way too much. If you want to even recoup value on Matheson by getting his trade value up and trading him, you have to start him on the third line. You have to. And if you want. Ekblad to, to hit those development goals and get back into, you know, maybe a Shea Weber type first pairing defenseman, which would be, you know, I'm not going to scoff at that. I take that. I want that. Uh, and he has the ability to do that. Um, you have to give them a defenseman now. We're talking about this window. It takes it a while for defensive pairings to go and everything. What happens if you go out and get a defenseman that doesn't work with Ekblad or, you know, you, you need to start trying this early – early because you can't be waiting until the trade deadline every year and uh because defensemen just don't move really at the trade deadline when they do they're adam McQuaid's. they're um you know they're not right they're not someone that's you know or it's you know the ghost of I'm paul coffee to think
1: of what other d is available because the four that we mentioned there's, there's
0: a lot i mean if you anaheim's going to be doing a lot of things with the roster i think um
1: I mean, it's going to take
0: Calgary a long, probably needs Campus, to do Lindholm, some things Adam with their.
1: As I said, I said Shillington is an, yeah, an and
0: then there's Rasmus O'Neil. Anderson. There's, there's yeah, he's a, good too. I mean, and then there's like I think the defensemen that people don't know are 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 about to be good. Um, and, and there's this draft. I mean, if we get, you know, we'll kind of back into the draft uh, at some point, but the so D market's much more wide open than i would say the goalie market or the forward market if you know what you need in a defenseman and it happens to be what the panthers need is a guy who's just good at getting pucks and giving them to his de- defenseman just helping out just not being a cog in the machine just making the smart little play at the right time you know he doesn't have to be flashy he doesn't have to be super skilled
1: just, just someone who's letting smart. other players you know take control right. of the play and the panthers just don't have that with their D. Yeah. and the good thing is they don't have jack Capuano saying we want 150 points for the D now thank you right and
0: you know you can find that you know carolina there's probably three names on carolina that you'd look at um you know philadelphia probably has three or four that you'd look at and same with calgary and anaheim and you know Nashville, obviously. There's Atcom, There's you know. There's. I mean,
1: he even said like, "What if you sign an Anton Strawman? Like, you give him a a like a right. mean, he might make a lot of money, but if you gave him something like that, I mean,
0: and he might be a little too old, and you know, maybe yeah, that's. You know
1: what? Maybe having somebody like that on your blue line isn't going to kill you because they're all of their D outside. Well, the if title, you I'm pretty young.
0: Yeah, and if Strawman's Strawman or or somebody like him. Uh, would be a good get if you're you know you're dead set on getting some right-handed defenseman free handle right if you're so gun-ho about it you can then I mean, if you know
1: get left-handed D, get I mean, by the way the first I mean we are there's all no very one much really... I'm still very much about if you could sign Eric Carlson do it but I highly doubt that they can so you know there's that uh here's here's the thing that we they should not do do not sign Tyler Myers please it's the Panthers, so they probably will, but do not sign Tyler. Meyer. Is he
0: even? Is he a lefty? He is a right. See, yeah, that'd be even. Yeah. Yeah, that I be mean,
1: bad. don't do that.
0: I'd rather Trooper, obviously, because yeah, they're gonna probably get well. the same money. I but mean,
1: you look at you look so. at other guys that are available, like the D of just terms of like free agents. There's just not a lot, but you know, trade. There will be D that get moved this year. I mean, it's guaranteed that there will be D that get moved in a pretty major way. So you have to find a way to exploit that market. And if you get one and you can develop somebody, you know, in the AHL and you can bring somebody up, you have an opportunity. This is not, you know, again, Josh Brown, not good. Not, not good. Ima <laughs> e. McCosh. E. Pretty, pretty safe we, to say we, is kind of done.
0: Yeah. Do we, do we know if he exists anymore at this he point? He may not. Uh-huh. But
1: it's like, again, it, does somebody emerge out of, you know, out of the AHL. Who knows? We, we can't say at this point, but I don't think. Yeah. D-
0: I mean, I'm not, I'm not expecting Max Gilden to come and save the team because like, if he does, D- he's going to be more Matheson style than.
1: Yeah. It's the only D that I can see in the system. That's like steps above the fray of being a, a third pair guy other than Weger. But yeah. Um, and go on to the draft now because. I well, the,
0: the, the last thing is just about Matheson and it's, the, the final thing is you can't let your belief that Matheson is going to turn into a solid defenseman stop you from making a move on left-handed defense this summer for the main reason that he's 26. He's not really put up that many points in the NHL. Uh, his years at BC were good, but not great by any standard. Um, he's not, he wasn't a huge crazy good prospect. He's got some good tools. Obviously he's got one plus plus tool and that's his skating. But his, you know, his IQ's always kind of been, um, you know, average or above average, his puck handling, you know, it's it's Ken Ken everyone I think is still on the potential with Mike Matheson. And I think it's time to realize that he's had just as many
1: like, yeah, so I will say I'm turning 26 in August. We're yeah. at a point where potential's not really there anymore. It's about right. what you are at that age. Yeah. And I think and, and is is good. He's not as bad as he was last year, probably, Lord willing. But you, you have and to if give you... him that chance. And if he is, then you have to find a way to move him. Which means maybe right. he... expansion draft.
0: And, you know, it's fine to give him another shot. I mean, obviously, you give him another shot, see what he can do. Um, And and you're hoping and you're and and you want him to succeed and and be a top four defenseman and and allow you to have that spot transitioned after Yandel and and, or, or whatever it becomes. But I think when you approach the situation from, okay, Matheson's turning 26, Matheson hasn't really had a long, consistent run in the NHL or in professional hockey where. He was a top-four defenseman. And frankly, if you're coming at that, you can't, you can't bet on him uh, if you want to actually win playoff series. You have to do more looking at this D on paper.
1: Mm-hmm. That's, as I said, it looks like they're planning on addressing it in some way, but we have to wait and see what they do. Now, I wanted to start the draft talk a little bit earlier, but here we are. We go on 40-minute <laughs> tangents about the Panthers. It always happens. But let's go to the draft because this is Tommy's, this is Tommy's time. He, he, I love his draft stuff. Again, he has his quirks and unique things he looks for, mainly if you're playing in the European Pro League, but he's more often <laughs> than not pretty good with this. So I I defer to him uh, in many ways. We'll, we'll quickly do one-two, which is Kapo Kako yeah. and, and Jack Hughes. We both are on the Kako train, and it's not just because we love Finland and everything about Finland. It's Jack Hughes was... If you looked at in the World Championships where Hughes plays and Kako played, Kako was dominant every time you saw him, right? He had that three-minute shift, I think it was against the U.S., where he just he didn't give up the puck. Some of that's bigger ice, and some of that's he's used to playing on the bigger ice, and he's played against men his entire career. Jack Hughes was kind of stifled in this tournament. Now, he's a great player. I think he's going to be a really good NHLer, But I just don't know... If I could say right now that Hughes is better than Kako from all of the evidence. Like, I heard Kako's name a couple years ago, like, he's really, really good, right? And now you watch him play and you go, the hype's real. Like, I want him on my team. And if he turns out to be, you know, line to Matthews or Barkoff to McKinnon, no one's going to complain. The only shame of it is he's going to go to the Rangers. And I have much less against the Devils. So I want the Devils to pick Kako, but I don't think they're going to.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's really about whether you think Hughes has that much higher of a ceiling five years, six, seven years out over Kako that the immediate benefit of Kako, who's going to be a top six forward next year um, and possibly even a center where I think Jack Hughes is a winger. um, uh, uh, You know, I think if you think... That Hughes just has the tools. Whether you like his skating or his or his the way he reads the ice and the way he distributes the puck, um, which I think is his best, you know, skill and habit. Um, if you value that more in the long term, you're going to draft Hughes. But if you don't, it, it's really hard to not draft Kako because of what he's done you know, not just this year, but over the last couple of years, um, moving through the Finnish ranks, um, he's outscored Barkov in the Finnish league. That's pretty impressive. He plays like Austin Matthews in that he's very unique with his body, using his body position and his back and, and uh, turning his back, his, you know, his, his front away from the play
1: there.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, I don't, you know, he's not, It's like Barkov when he was a draft prospect. A lot of people, you know, ranked him a little further down because not one thing stood out. Like when you see Jack Hughes, two things stand out. His skating and the way he holds on to the puck and will find, you know, a play at the last minute that you didn't think was going to happen because he looked off the last three plays. And if you're really into that, that's great. But the way Kako plays is much more direct, much more he gives the puck and gets up faster, he moves the puck a little quicker. Um and it's more let's get to the net, let's get below the the goal line, let's let's use our body and uh let's be a little creative too with it. And um he does a lot of the uh off the wall stuff that um I would say Kuznetsov and Matthews are kind of known for. And like we said, He's ready next year where Hughes would be the first player from the national development team to go straight to the NHL. Can we
1: talk about Um, the national team development program for a second? It's something that you, you have gone on and it's a lot with this group and it goes down to where the Panthers are picking. It's Um, yeah. A lot of USHL, which is a league that's improving, but is not major junior is not certainly not playing with men. And the U S national team development program is always one of the best teams in the USHL this year like almost all their players stuck around to play together and they've just you know been the harlem globe and everybody else is the washington generals like yeah and and there's even
0: there's even more layers to the onion like there's okay well they play college teams too uh but when they play college teams it's either around christmas break or the beginning of the season and they're expedition games for the college team so you don't know you know what the roster really is if it's a full roster what goalies are starting etc right and how how much effort and how much they that that team really is going to you know i'm not am i really going to skate out this icing etc cetera, etc cetera. that kind of unfolds but then you have the fact that the ushl team doesn't play in the playoffs or a full ushl schedule so when they play other ushl teams and they're up three three to one are these other ushl teams really putting in the effort to fight back whatever or do they kind of just give up oh it's the us team again here they're on the fifth power play here they come again you know like it does it does that garbage time just exponentially increase the score um, there's a lot of garbage time, and who are they playing? They're playing USHL, which is improving, like you said. But very recently, since the league's been improving, they went underwent expansion, and we you saw what happened in the NHL when expansion came around um, in, in the '90s a little bit, and especially in the '70s, that big era of expansion, the Bobby Orr era, the, the talent level decreases a bit. It's easier to score goals. It's easier to you know skate around guys and and et cetera. And this is already a league that is akin to the BCHL. It's not the CHL. It's not the OHL. It's not that level. That's major junior. This is minor junior, um, and it's just not there yet. They're playing a lot of guys who are going to maybe play Division One, probably play Division III. Um, that's kind of their competition level. Um, and, and yes, yeah, some of these guys are 20, and, and I think there's – probably a few a few more guys who go on and play beyond junior like play at the college level that stick around and are playing in the USHL longer than the CHL but it's not like you're playing a, a you know the quality of strength and uh, talent that you would in the and, NCAA and that's or not something to say that like you can
1: emerge from that league I mean it right. no right. I mean, possible. the league's good there's it's possible there's that the I mean if you look in at the just to finish that thought is Cale McCarr who was drafted out of the, the BCHL then won the Hobie Baker at UMass yeah. and looked well, great the al- in the Alberta, playoffs yeah, yeah. And, like that's and fine but that's harder to do and it's less of a sure thing and, and then you and, and, and I also like your, your line of thinking is well if he's proven that he can do it against men professional athletes who whatever you want to talk about in terms of how good they are they're not playing against their age group they're dominating up and that has always been... And that's why Barkoff was so special. Like, he was so good against men. Now, the Panthers drafted him because they knew they didn't have any money to sign free agents to improve the team immediately. And Barkoff was the way to do that. And it turned out to be one of the best decisions they've ever made in franchise history. Like, Kako's kind of like that. He's not a center, but he, 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 he is that guy who, who feels like, I'd in next year to the New York Rangers, who are going to be a better team than the Devils, which is probably what's going to happen. And you think, like he could get 50 60 points next year and be a top 6 maybe even first line winger like that's how good he is and every time you right. watch him it's not just stats it's like, like like sometimes it's boils down to like does he look the part in many ways and Jack Hughes does but he how looks many... the part against kids yeah. and look how the many part against men
0: how many first round draft picks have the luxury of playing minor junior hockey um, and they're a center, and arguably the two two of the other best centers in the draft are on the same team. So that's the first three centers on that team, that's or Alex like... Turcotte, Jack Hughes, and and, and, and Zegras, and and then it, it. So you you start going in, and that USHL team or U, dev team is one of the only Dev teams to stay together all through you know the you know all the way up. They most kids are are going. Um, you know, to filtering off to juniors, filtering off to college, you know, whether they're trying to graduate high school early or whatever, um, you know, there's, there's some loss there. There's, you know, the best players take that next step. They didn't because of some of them were born a little later in the draft year. Some of them just like hanging out, et cetera, that that's fine. Um, but when your top six is all first round Eligible is all first round projected, and you have a goalie who's one of the best goalies in the draft, and possibly in the last couple of drafts. And then you have a a couple of defensemen who are also considered first round mm-hmm. draft eligible, all on the same team, all playing this minor junior hockey. It's really hard to judge that yeah, for somebody who's Lord putting Waters up. Versus the yeah. Washington so. Generals. Yeah, and so you have historic. You you have a historic U.S development team and one person on a historic team putting up historic numbers versus kako, kako who's doing historic things on pro teams or junior teams without much his his world championship team that he helped lead to a gold medal at the world championships was professional it was that was a men's what league they champ two,
1: they know. had like two nhlers and one of them 12 was nhl hilarious. points
0: 12 nhl points in the lineup, and they won gold. His he won U eighteen. He won the world junior gold medal. He won the U eighteen. The, the year before. I don't before. think this is much of a yeah. Euro
1: bias here. I think this is like yeah. holy crap, he's this. Good and I think as, as I as think one. the
0: the biggest reason it, it is a lot of people don't like making that last minute switch, or they don't like, you know. Once shoes kind of gets the momentum going, it's hard to go back. And this is somebody who has a brother that's pretty well known that's doing really well. Wasn't his father a uh, scout a like some... certain
1: team that plays yes. in Toronto?
0: Yes, and 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 I think a certain team that plays in Florida as well, Um, a, a little bit. So you know, there's there's a lot there and his mom's involved in the sport as well. And that's just really hard to, hard to beat. I mean, it's it's somewhat a popularity contest.
1: Because they wanted his dad to invest in the team. The thing that happened, that's how this sport works. And as much as I hate it, sometimes you have to put that in with the draft analysis sometimes. And listen, I think that the devils are going to draft Hughes because they need everything. Um, as much as and I, I think, think
0: it it's at that point it's they don't want to have a lot of teams just don't want to have the look of t- not taking the consensus number 1 who's labeled a center and blah 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 even though he might not be a center even though he might not be consensus one even though he won't be the best he won't be the rookie of the year next year um
1: you know I, mean, I don't listen, as I said for the rangers you probably just had Capo Kako fall into your laps, and congratulations. You know, it's like, as I said, it reminds me of, of Matthews and Linea, and it reminds me a little of McKinnon and Barkov, even though, you know, McKinnon and Barkoff's different because Barkoff was not projected to go where he did, and he turned out like that was, again, one of the best decisions the Panthers ever made. But I can't. Yeah, I mean, listen, we, 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 we are for Kako. I think the Devils are going to take Hughes. I think you think the Devils are going to take Hughes as well.
0: I think this is uh, overall an average draft. Uh, I know there's there's a lot of people who really like a lot of the USHL guys and like the USHL dev team and and believe they're all centers and, and because they believe that there's better centers in the draft than I do and because they believe more in the USHL and the minor junior guys than I do like Alex Newhook from the BCHL, et cetera they have this as an above average draft. Prom some guys on T S N, Mike Morale, they have it as, you know, a tick above average class. Um I don't, but what I do think is above average is a goaltending defenseman. So I kinda come in at it a different way. I think it's average, but I I think ha- more highly of the defensemen and the goalies, I so think, than than they go do.
1: To the the Panthers now who are picking thirteenth and I'm looking sure. at the recent NHL.com mock draft. Do you know who they have the Panthers taking?
0: Tell me a left defenseman. No. Uh, a unanimous
1: they... decision, I will say. Alex Newhook. It. No, that was the TSN mock draft that I showed you. <laughs> I was going to say. Of, oh, which was also not good. No. Yeah. Spencer Knight, and I know that's going to make you ecstatic. Why? Let me How read does that you. help? Let me read you. Uh, for one of the, I'll read you all the explanations. I don't know the names of the NHL guys. I think Mike Morreale is one of them. Uh, yeah. Okay.
0: Who, uh, by the way, his daughter went to Marist. So congratulations, Marist alumni connection. There's ah, some SeaWolves. Uh, yeah. mm. Sea SeaWolves.
1: The Marist SeaWolves. That's what they're called. No,
0: Marist. We're the Red
1: Foxes. Oh man. right. No, I'm thinking of another team. Ah, whatever. <sighs> I keep thinking who are the SeaWolves. Oh, Stony I don't Brook. Know. Stony Brook SeaWolves. I apologize. I'm getting Maris and Stony Brook mixed up because of women's lacrosse things that were in my head. Um, anyway. the best it Happens to me the all the time. Man. Yeah. The best goalie in the draft matches well with the team in desperate need of adding a young goalie. Knight is solid fundamentally and a tremendous athlete, which he displayed by finishing the top 15 in eight categories during the fitness testing at the NHL Scouting Combine. That wouldn't be a reason to draft a goalie 13th overall, as far as I'm concerned. More reality, the Panthers need solid First goalie step. prospects in their system as Knight is considered one of the best at the position in the years. A BC recruit, Knight is rarely out of position, has great instincts, is efficient in his movements, and consistently square to the shooter. Mm. No. Now, you made the I point mean, on, the, on the podcast, no one's going to hear, that if the Panthers want to draft Knight, you trade down, which I'm okay if you want to do that. Yeah. But you also believe that there's a lot of goalie depth and you could take one with your three-fourth-round picks, and I agree with you. Taking a first-round goalie is hard because goalies are voodoo and they develop in weird ways. And who was the last first-round like goalie that's turned out to be like, holy crap?
0: Vasilevsky.
1: And that's a rare unicorn. Like when, the, but, when I mean, and, and, took, and that
0: wasn't 13th overall. That was 19th overall. Yeah, like the Capitals
1: and... took Samson off a couple of years ago, right? And one day he might be the backup or the heir apparent to Braden Holtby. But that's taking years. You they yeah. have an immediate to miss immediate the playoffs decision. and then draft a goalie is is something. No, you don't do that. I will. You won't be happy if the Panthers draft a goalie there. Right. I don't think they're going to. I legit because you
0: have you have a lot of eighteen like draft first year draft out goalies like Mad Sodergard who plays in Medicine Hat in the WHL. So that's that's a good development place for a goalie, um, and. You can, that's kind of a consistent, you know, it's going to expect, but he's six, seven. He's, sh- he's showed well. I mean, he had a, he had a rough, uh, world junior, but he showed well in the WHL and he's got enough gifts and that's somebody you could probably get in the third round. And then they have goalies who are 2021. 20, so they're more of a sure thing. They're more of a finished product. You you kind of know what you're going to get, who have played uh, pretty well and have put up, you know, either close to records or, um, record kind of numbers and categories in the KHL or the the second league in Russia, um, and that would be worth that would be a better value add than than Spencer Knight at thirteen. Spencer Knight, I I think that there's still twenty some forwards that are first round quality in my mind. Forwards like twenty two maybe. There's nine D, eight D I draft in the first round that i would draft before spencer knight um so that that gets me to like 30 uh but i'd be okay with the team taking them 20 on back if you if you really want to do it but i'd want to know what the plan is if you're if you're taking that much if you're wasting an asset like that that they could have traded that they could have drafted a center with that they could have draft a defenseman with and it's spending on Spencer Knight you then can't lock yourself into Bobrovsky you know what I mean yeah, that's like it reason. just
1: like if you're drafting Spencer Knight then why the heck are you you're basically to signaling you're year?
0: basically signaling that's you you don't think you're gonna get Bobrovsky is basically what you're signaling and that would be pretty deflating that'd be a pretty stupid thing to do um so I wouldn't like that I think there's definitely some wingers like Podolsky and kaliev the two Russians one who plays in Russia Podolsky and uh one who plays in the OHL. Do
1: you know where one of them Kaliev- was born?
0: Well he he says he says he's from Russia or Long Island or Staten Island. He does not say anything about Delray. So I i well, I've he's from I've looked Delray at the,
1: Beach and you know what the Panthers are gonna do with that.
0: Yeah. Um but you know well,
1: well, well quick Kaliev Kaliev, would you draft him if he was available at thirteen?
0: Yeah I mean but I if I would draft him it'd be because it, I would just be flipping Oh, and Tippett like the de- that day, the next day. Yeah, um, you
1: drafted your last two first round picks are you know scoring wingers. Wingers,
0: yeah. How many? How many? Yeah. So you definitely want to move one out, and it wouldn't be Sanko because he's too goddamn good uh, and too versatile uh, compared to Tippett, who's he, who's less versatile. And he like
1: almost directly replaces Evgeny Dadenoff if you don't re-sign him like he right. fits perfectly into that role now right. you know who the litter box our, our friends at litter box you know who they had the panthers drafting in their mock draft
0: my hopeful pick yeah. phil Broberg.
1: yeah do you know how and, funny that is what the like the professionals are having this and the, 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 the panthers blogs the few of them that there are have them drafting the guy you want
0: right well i i i don't think broberg is going to get to 13 i think that's my my issue there's a lot of people who think of him as the second best defenseman in the draft I have him as the best defenseman in the draft I'll tell you it's because of one big thing as much as good as Bo and Byron has been as many goals and and points he's put up that's akin to you know Tyler Ty Smith did it more with assists but Ty Smith put up roughly the same amount of even strength points etc didn't have the playoffs that that Bo Byron had so so that's one thing to consider but
1: you you know he went to the devils at like 17 18
0: I right, think. yeah. I mean, yeah, And but in a very good defensive draft with, you know, a, a draft that had more defensemen in the first round and, and first round quality than I think this one does. But, you know, they're both pretty solid defensive classes. But, you know, you can get a Byram in the first round, especially if you're picking in the first 15 most years. I mean, yeah. I don't want to put him down too much. But Broberg is – his skating is Jack Hughes level and he's 6'4", 200 pounds right now, played a pretty decent year in the second Swedish league, probably would is playing in the SHL next year, and could be NHL ready the following year. That's the huge. The only thing
1: that the Panthers have the ability to do with their first-round pick is they can do anything they want because the player does not need to be there right away.
0: Yeah, and, and the th- thing with Broberg is he's just so unique. I mean it the way he skates the way he pushes plays the way he can strip a puck and transition up the ice with that much power speed and still i mean his hands aren't great but he he makes good he makes the headsy plays he makes the 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 plays that guys with good hands make he makes them and he has good enough hands at his size to pull them off enough so if you if you if you really like brett burns this is i mean he might not be as nasty as brett burns uh but he still throws Burns. yeah but he still throws his body around he's got that he but he plays that offensive style um and he he can turn wide he can get around defenders forwards can't really turn and get around him because he skates so well uh pivoting he skates so well transitioning forward to backward skating and with his size and reach there's just nowhere to go and cory Praman, others who maybe knock him because they don't know if he has the first power play potential um the one thing they don't knock him in is defense is is preventing entries is getting the puck back is you know they say obviously he probably needs to make a little better decision in front of his net sometimes and he loses coverage but he's a first year eligible defenseman that's expected um but everything else, it's just so unique. You're not going to find it anywhere else. If he's on the board and you're the Panthers where you need D, you need everything pretty much except wingers, how do you not draft him? I don't know how teams don't draft him in the top ten. I'd probably be drafting him as soon as three or four um, because that's where people wouldn't buy him taken. And, and to me, he's a better defenseman. So what about the um,
1: other D behind them? If, if, if Well, the good by news by The
0: good news is my chemo teaming in type <laughs> defenseman Who's, who's also getting Miro Heiskanen uh, in a smaller package type can we, comparison. Can we sorry
1: is... first talk about Heiskanen, who could end up also being the best player from that draft? I mean, it could be him or McCarr at this yeah. point. But now, now I know you like one of the teams that had a, a top two pick in that draft, uh, and I understood why Nolan Patrick went when he did. But isn't it kind of funny now that we're looking at that draft two years on and the two best players are going to be Makar and Heiskanen probably? Like both were just well... insanely good this year.
0: I, I think yeah, but I think with Heiskinen it's more guaranteed that this is who he is. I think with McCarr I think there's gonna be more variance up and down. I think he came in hot. I think you know it helps that he didn't have as many games played that some of the other guys did. He was coming off a of Hobie Baker. Like, you know, when Heiskanen, you when you when you're feeling it, he's insane. feeling it. He had he had some BDE. Um you oh, know? Yeah. Uh, and All I right. think that helps. Uh I think with um I know not to discount them or anything, but yeah it'd be nice to get get a defenseman like that and maybe billy Hanola is like that the guy i was talking about he he's a super headsy he always makes the right play he's always thinking of how he can get the puck up to his forwards quicker he's not going to be holding on to it too much he's not going to be pushing the play up the ice he's not going to be like matheson just kind of doing circles in his own zone um and him and victor Soderstrom, i think are the 2d with the best iqs smartest you know they they kind of think the game as as well as you know Victor Hedman and Drew Doughty and and some of these guys who have that Norris type intelligence. Vanola, Soderstrom I don't think have you know Norris type natural tools, but they have good enough natural tools that I could see them on first pairing defensemen. So Broberg Byram Hanola um are really the guys I could see as first first pair of guys two other Swedes. I could see his first pair of guys, Tobias Bjornfurt and Albert Johansson. Uh, and those those are defensemen that kind of just solidify the fact that if Florida walks away with a Swedish defenseman at 13, they probably made the right choice. If, if they walk away with a Finnish defenseman, if you're, you're feeling SB, okay.
1: Yeah, if you look at the SB Nation draft, like all the, the blogs did, like if the draft went this way, you'd go like, wow, okay, I'll take that.
0: Yeah, I mean, and if your Florida picks one through ten, you're hoping for – you you just hope for all the USHL guys to go, all the centers to go. You know, you're hoping every team wants a winger or a center uh, just so there's more D for Florida to pick. And, and, In this you
1: draft, know. the only D that goes before the Panthers is Bowen Byram.
0: Uh, possibly, yeah. I mean well, – I'm
1: just looking at the SB Nation mock draft. That's all that I, okay. I'm looking at. So that that doesn't yeah. mean that necessarily it'll turn out like that, but – as I said, like I'm all on Team You Need to Draft Day. I'm on Team You Need to Draft Day, one hundred percent. Like Well, I think
0: I think the first three spots aren't D. I think I think it's Kacko I think it's Hughes, Kaco, turcott,
1: I think that's pretty obvious. I think that's where most people are settling in. And but like and, you all know, the
0: teams are you know, I I haven't met made too much about him, but you know, on a positive, when he played, you know, at the USHL level, he was, you know, point per ga- point per sixty or points per game or whatever was out producing Jack Hughes this year. So you know, at three, it's not it's not crazy, especially since he's a natural center, and I could see him being a center
1: in this In this SB Nation mock draft, Kaliev was also still on the board. So I don't know.
0: yeah, I mean, I would take. I wouldn't mind taking Kalia Podolski if they're there. Um, I wouldn't take Boldy if he was there, uh, and he he might be there. Uh, Man, we
1: talked about Podolski uh, on the other on we are, we if
0: Kirby about, Doc is there. Yeah i'd maybe take him too but other than that i probably just lean d because that's what they need and i like this d class i mean they need swedes we talk about how they need a a goddamn swede and they need a goddamn d and there's so many left-handed d who are swedes here it makes too much sense even if it's a reach like albert johansson maybe you you drop back a few a few picks and you take them or you just step up and take them at 13 or something
1: i wanted to mention about this draft the first thing is um but Colson is falling a lot. He was like third in mock drafts until recently. Now he's not the Panthers can yeah. afford to take him because obviously they don't care if they take Russians and they could afford to let him develop and marinate even in the KHL for a couple of years. They just don't need, it. but they've already taken players like that. So I'm not sure they need to take another one. And the other thing that I think we need to mention is, is are you in favor of trading 13 overall to get, I mean, probably a D that would help you immediately. And I think you said, yes, depends on the day, obviously. Yes.
0: Yeah, and I and I would, I mean, I think because I think you can still like you know i have been talking about Albert Johansson. I wouldn't mind him at 13 or trading back to like the early 20s to get him. I there's a good chance he's available at 52. So you could you know trade it, get a D now, and still pick a guy who I feel comfortable um, enough in the in the farm system that it, it would be it'd be okay. It'd be you know I think there's some forwards they could get at 52. You know, or sixty-nine, or wherever the hell they they draft. Um, oh, they have sixty-ninth the with...
1: pick, the best pick in the draft.
0: Yeah, I know they do have that. I just don't know if it's their second or third one. So, um, by the
1: way, the lat, i mean, the Panthers have taken in terms of Swedes in this decade. They have none. taken four Swedes in this in the draft. Two thousand eleven, they took Rasmus Bankson, who you've never heard of. They took. Uh, who Jonathan,
0: Pittsburgh signed a few years ago and hasn't really done anything with yeah.
1: him. Jonathan Nielsen in the seventh round, He's you've never heard of him either. Um, they took, uh, of course, Hugo Fagerblom, a goalie in uh, 2014, who you've never heard of. And Linus Nassim, who you've also never heard of, because...
0: Who's... Uh, Going to the Liga, he just graduated from Medicine Hat. Um, I think him and Ludwig Byström, who's the Swede, Swede they have in the AHL, are both going back to uh, to Europe next year.
1: Mm. Well, they haven't signed so, Assen yet, the Panthers. So.
0: Well, yeah, and Borgstrom's. Um, up is an RFA, so we'll see how yeah. that. Or not Borgstrom, Bystrom.
1: Bystrom's an RFA, but you could always tell that you retain And an
0: the, So the closest thing they have, though, a Swede is Henrik Borgstrom, who's just, you know, has Swedish ancestry. Yeah.
1: Well, the, the other D that they took last year, and I do want to mention this before we move on from the draft a little bit to other NHL things, was uh, the, you, you posted the profile of Santu Kitunen, who they took in the seventh round, and could right. actually end up being the best D the Panthers have in their prospect pool. Isn't that funny? yeah unfortunately he's (laughs) right-handed unfortunately he's right-handed but you know you read that profile and you were going like oh wow isn't he good
0: yeah i think what i like about him is he's the type of defenseman we were talking about he's a facilitator he his job is to facilitate is to handle the d is so his partner can get up the ice his job is to get the puck back so the forwards can have the puck on their stick and um, he's a good skater. He's a very good skater. He was a second year draft eligible, who really was in a junior league and, and didn't get much scouting. Um, but you know, like Ke- Kekalinen's known for, he he saw something in him, and when it came to Kekalainen draft time, he he got a yeah, saying it was, that again, he's a 7 round pick.
1: Not Yarmo. He's he's done all right too. But Yari Kekalainen has done Barkov. He's responsible in large regard for Borgstrom. He's responsible for Heppo Niemi, who, I mean, I can't ask for him. I'll, I'll,
0: I'll give a tip. I'll give a, I'll give a stick tap and an assist to the uh, PCS guys because I, I feel like with those numbers in the WHL, Heppo Niemi was kind of high on that system as well.
1: Yeah, it probably was too. And, I mean, I think that he had a large role to play in Denisenko last year too. Seems like, yeah. uh, as, we, as we talked about with the Panthers in the draft, The last two years, it's been really easy to figure out what they want to do, what they've identified, and you might laugh about what Chris Pronger said when they had six of their top 40 players last year, they took them, but they have a process in the draft that they've identified and has worked the last two years, and even if they haven't had an A-plus draft, they've had two B-plus really solid drafts, and if you can produce a couple of good players from those drafts, no one's going to complain, and... You might, you know, gripe on Tippett, but listen, they also took Alexi Hamponiemi, who's freaking amazing, and yeah. who, is, who, who has signed and is going to be in the A this year. I mentioned it to you before that it's a possibility, maybe, that he has, like, if he really balls out during training camp, there's a potential he has, like, a Teruvo Teravine and in 2015 kind of impact, because we know that we can see that with Joel Quenville, right? And, like, that's the closest example I can think of, to maybe what Hepo Niemi could be, and I'm not sure he's going to make it to uh, the big team this year, but he could. Yeah. So I want to go now, because we focused on the draft, a bunch of other NHL let me let me,
0: just, let me just wrap up the draft. Okay. Um,
1: no, no, this so a, two this things,
0: two, two, <laughs> two other defensemen who get talked a lot about, and, you, you know, a lot of people, Thomas Harley, Mrs. Agua, Really young defender for the draft. Saga. I think he's like 6'2". I can't believe
1: you still say that, but okay.
0: What, what am I supposed to say? Mississauga. Mississauga.
1: I know. Yeah. By the way, I want to mention this because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug something here. More junior hockey-related things, but very junior right. hockey-related.
0: good, because then I can start off and say Mississauga. Yeah. Mississauga?
1: Yeah, I know. But I want to, I want to pro- plug this. We are all now huge fans of the Milton Menace, OJHL. You know why we're a fan? Page. And also, their uniforms are sick. They're just yeah. beautiful. Paige, I don't know if you're listening, but we, we're obviously – we love Paige. She's the best. Um, you need to send us both Milton Menace jerseys immediately. I will wear that out in the street and go, I don't care. It's a, you will never have heard of this team. It's a tiny junior hockey team outside of Toronto, but my friend works for that team, and uh, they're great. I want I want a Milton Menace jersey immediately. As I said, is that our new favorite junior team on this show? It probably is our favorite junior team on this show.
0: Uh, I'll I'll still always like Sue um, Saint Marie as my favorite. I don't know if that'll that'll change, but yeah,
1: well, I mean, pretty, close.
0: pretty close. I mean, definitely minor junior. Oh, definitely like,
1: in terms of that, especially yes. with the way
0: I've been talking about them this podcast. Yeah, but well, it's different. Uh, the
1: OJ's different. The OJ is different, <laughs> but you know, I mean, as I said. See- yeah. Page Page is the best, and I want those, but, uh, those uniforms are absolutely spectacular. Those yeah, are some of the most but, uh, beautiful hockey uniforms that I've seen just out right now. Just, just great, anyway. So let's move on to other things in terms I, of. Audience. Well, you
0: didn't let me finish. I didn't know? let you finish because
1: I was too focused on Paige. I'm sorry. Yeah.
0: yeah. So so Cam York, defensive, talked about it.
1: I've seen him he's, in mock drafts of the Panthers. Too.
0: He he wouldn't be terrible at 13, but you know he's got to go to. We don't know how much was just propped up by. Um, I don't think he's that offensive. I think I think I think anybody who thinks he's going to be running a first power play or anybody who thinks at the NHL level or anybody thinks he's going to be a 40 point guy, 35 point guy at the NHL level. I mean maybe he will be. I, I I hope he proves me wrong for his sake. That'd be a lot of money for him, but I think his offensive tools really were just shown up a lot by the team he was on. I think he's going to be more like a Slavin you know, or Pesci or, you know, like those Carolina transitional D. I think he's really good at retrieving pucks and breaking them out and, and causing disruptions in the neutral zone. But um, I don't know if he has that top-end skill. I see him more of as kind of tapping out in the second pair than the first pair. Where there's some guys up there at 13, if you're drafting a D in 13, I you I hope you think he's a first-pair defenseman in your heads. Uh, Harley, um I think he's he's good enough and everything, but he's just that same Yandel Matheson style in my head, um, kind of like a Shaposh. Uh, I mean, Thomas Chapot's a good
1: defenseman, but you know, right? Like, and, and, if we're talking about the Panthers, they need D that are different than that.
0: Yeah, so it wouldn't be terrible to draft them, but I think that. You know, if Broberg's on the board, it would be a mistake. Even if a guy like Soderstrom or Hanola is on the board, I think it might even still be a mistake there because they play the game, they have that style that they need that would fit next to an Ekblad, that would fit next to a Yandel, that would fit next to a Matheson, a Gildan, uh, who are kind of the D, the other D in the system. And, or, you know, whichever D you'd get, they, they kind of fit well in there. And they play like Barkov and... You did, People didn't see in Barkov's draft draft year, but when you have that type of intelligence that Heiskanen and Makar have and stuff, and you process the game that quickly and you move the puck that quickly, um, you don't have to be flashy to be effective as a defenseman. Um, if you and if Barkov play, shows two that
1: seconds that ahead that center, of what else yeah. is going on as a D, especially in this era in the NHL where D have to move the puck quickly and are charged with doing all of those things that, you know, Used to never really have to do in full force, but you have to do in the league now. That's exactly what you want, right? So, so,
0: and then finally, I would go Russians.
1: Okay. definitely go russians you know when in doubt don't draft russians the panthers always they don't the, the final draft the russians. final
0: thing the final thing is definitely that this is a, a russian year there's there's a lot of really good russians and a lot of really good leagues and the way the russians have been developing the last couple of years they're definitely the hot commodity at this draft and uh, whether it's in the seventh round first round they'll, they'll be a good russian so you think the panthers
1: the are taking position. a russian in this draft
0: yeah and I hope it's Arseni Gr- Gritsiuk, because that's like Datsuk and Gritty combined and so will <laughs> one last name. Um but he he, he was oh, he looks pretty good at the U18 uh championships um and uh you know he plays kind of like that ha- um I don't know if it's as skilled as, as skilled as um some of these, like Rantanen type players, but uh, I think he has that type of high flying puck, like kind of puck possession, keep the puck out, Rupa Hens type. uh
1: Another player that just emerged this year and now everyone loves Rupa Hens. Uh, can I say one thing? Because you I hot, it, why one hot why hot? Yeah. Can you remember? Can you remind me of something? Because you know where we we've always bemoaned the fact that the Panthers would have taken Mika Rantanen if he was available in 2015, and they instead took Lawson Krause, who was bad. You know what? We saw in 31 Thoughts, and I know this, this didn't kill you that much, but it made me laugh. In 2007, the Panthers were going to take Logan Couture if he fell to them. And, uh, yeah, it didn't happen. I mean, I, who did they end up taking that draft? I don't I, even I, remember, but it was bad. Well, you know who it, I, I know who it was. Do
0: Logan you know Couture was? is good and everything, but I find his face very punchable. So you know, I'm not you know too upset.
1: Keaton Ellerby.
0: I would, yeah. I mean, I'm okay with repeating that error, that error, because, uh, you know, it got us Barkov, it got us some some good players just by being perpetually bad yeah, for a no, while. Yeah, I mean,
1: perpetually bad, but I mean, like, Logan uh, like the I Lightning said, his, his face is so. Ah, I like Yeah, that. I mean, I'm
0: more upset. I'm more upset about Timo Meyer, uh, yeah, for Timo sure. Timo Meyer and and, and 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 the big ones, Brandon. And, and, and,
1: as I said, the Panthers are not in the position they're in right now. If they had Timo or Mika Rantanen, it's just guaranteed. But as I said, we have that on good authority that that's who they were going to take if they weren't picked ahead of them. I remember you, were, you and I were at that draft. We weren't together, but I know that happened. And the same thing, we were at the 2014 draft, but we weren't together then. So I think that's good enough for draft, but obviously there's a lot of things that still has to happen here uh, that we'll get to. Uh, when we get to the draft, of course, we're going to have a lot of Y Hockey podcasts in the coming weeks because this is the be- one of the great times of the year in hockey fandom. But let's move on to other NHL things. Um, last night during the Stanley Cup final, the Flyers decided to trade for the rights of Kevin Hayes, which made me laugh because, well, while the Flyers... Speaking have- of punchable. Yeah, I know. So now he goes from the Rangers to the Flyers. Isn't that great? Uh, well, technically the Jets, but... You know yeah, I mean?
0: and, and it's not like his brother Jimmy was doing any favors for him.
1: No, not quite. Uh, let's focus on, though, you told me before we started recording that there was a reason why the Flyers did this, and I think they're going to pay him like 5 to $6 million to be their third-line center, you know, behind Giroux and Couturier, but
0: I think that they're paying him $6 million to be their second-line center. I think that they're going to keep Couturier and Giroux on the first line. They're oh, wow. going
1: to gonna put Giroux on wing.
0: Yeah, I think – and, you know, the, it's worked it's work there before. That's kind of how he had his resurgence, was was playing a lot on the wing and, and uh, not having to overuse his hip and groin, uh, skating all up and down the ice as a center. Um, and they – Patrick just – I don't think is – I think some of his development has been because he's never really been allowed to be a third liner. He's either been um, forced into a second line – Position or kind of um, kind of drop to the fourth line because of you know perceptions of not producing or being off or whatever. And I think slotting him in his regular position, center at the third line. Um, if they're able to get Kevin Hayes, his uh, his five on five production is is pretty good, as much as I hate to admit it. And that might allow Patrick to. To really kind of be what Borgstrom kind of needs uh, in in Florida, which is just good line mates, easy minutes, and the ability to just kind of get that offensive goal scoring creation uh, and confidence, something that Couturier finally got – probably a little too late in his career and if they can keep Patrick from waiting that long maybe Patrick will still live up to that second overall hype I, I'm not too disappointed with the way Patrick has played too much based on what I was expecting but you know it, it's there's a reason they're spending six million dollars on the on a 2c uh, before the seasons even over technically and the one of the reasons is there's not many center free agents Um, And after Brock Nelson just got, what, I think close to six, six six over six, it was kind of like, all right, let's not, let's not turn this into a bid anymore. Let's see if we can get this done like tomorrow.
1: Like, I don't think it's a bad thing, but it just, it it just like, but it's
0: Fletcher, man.
1: I mean, it is right. And after you hire Alain Vigneault as your coach and you're, assistants or yo and Terry who are not good it just feels like uh, it feels like the Flyers are what, wasting something They're
0: well it's it seems like they're it seems like Fletcher has two years to really do something or they're probably going to have to move Giroux and he probably has a bullet in his chamber before moving Drew, and that's moving Vorchek because he has no trade protection, and and, uh, and the same about the same D, cap.
1: Because they need to move a date
0: Right, but I think that would be in conjunction with Vorchek and that kind of stuff, because uh, that would be a, Vorchek would be a lot of cap space to open up. Um, but
1: they already have a ton of it. Yeah. So but, I mean, I think they could pay Kevin Hayes six over six if they wanted yeah. to. It's not like, it but didn't make you sense look,
0: for them. you look at, you look at. Hexall was the the model of patience, and they they gave the patience a bit, even when Schneider, Schneider tried patience. Schneider passed away. Comcast tried patience, and I think, you know, they're just out of patience. Giroux's out of patience. He doesn't want to. He just spent how many the
1: Flyers last one? How many, many series in 2012? That's seven. Yeah, how, years how many of seasons
0: did, did Giroux on? You know, uh, Drew took a little discount at the time to stay. In Philadelphia, sign a contract and and help him out. And most of those years, they wasted with a coach he did not like, with the team he wasn't you know super competitive with. And I think this is their last hurrah for for Giroux. And I think the way they hire their coaches, two seven five, yeah, yeah, they hire the coaches that speak to that. This trade speaks to that because this is hey, we don't want to have to start you at center. At the beginning of the year, we don't want to have to quit. Like you know, if Hayes goes down or Couturier goes down, then you can pull Patrick up, or then you know you can have. They have some centers Scott like Lawton. Morgan Frost, Scott Law, and Vorbev, who maybe halfway through the season would be ready to step up, or Giroux wouldn't even have to be a backup center. And I think that they're really just trying. To make the best of Giroux while they have him, and I don't blame them for that. You I know, just hope uh, that listen, they're making the right I actually decision.
1: Agree with you. I think that that's a very reasonable explanation, and I don't think it means that they're
0: <laughs> from ready. me. Oh, can you say that again?
1: <laughs> I do agree with you. I think you're right. <laughs> it's a reasonable explanation. I think it's no. I think it completely <laughs> is reasonable. I, I when you when you pointed it out, I 100% uh, see where you're coming from. I I, I still yeah. don't think it makes the Flyers any better. But you know, listen, it makes sense. I he think it makes him a, a pick for his right. I
0: think it makes it him not. a little better five on five. Um,
1: I have no idea know. what this team's going to look like in many ways because who the hell knows what a team I think coached by Alan Vino and that group is going to look like. But I mean, I, I, I think what they will look, look. I see. Like I don't think it helps. But that's me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it helps a bit. I think it's more important what they do with. Well, what they what do they do with D? I think you know the goalie is just going to take care of itself. They it's either pick Brian Elliott it's or Cam Talbot. Going to be yeah, Martin
1: Talbot next year.
0: Yeah, probably, and and that's fine. That would be good enough. Um, the forwards are pretty much taking shape now. The one thing they really needed was that center, and if they sign Hayes, they have him. You're not creating
1: just... a fifth round pick to not sign Kevin Hayes. They're going to sign him.
0: Yeah, I, I think that they had a pretty good intention. Um, it's just. Can they maybe save some dollars by making that deal before he talks to other teams and hears other numbers from he's other got teams? Two plus
1: uh, weeks to do that, and I think the answer is yes. As, as I said, I, I mentioned Felipe Myers. I think that they're going to end up uh, putting him into the, the top six next year. It's pretty obvious. But then you've got other D. You got to move. Like somebody's yeah, got to go mean, out of there. They've you got have to
0: sign Provorov and Sandheim and the, that's going to be tricky. To give up one of them. Yeah, I mean the problem is who do you give up because Sanheim looks like th- the way they're trending. Sanheim's trending up, Rolf's stagnating or trending down. Prorov's the older one, and when That's you go back to the, the fact, older by a year. Well, not if you go by the fact that Rolf's birth certificates. Oh well, yeah, take- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 100 Um Well, no, he's he's just not the age that he has on his birth certificate is just not his actual age. I'm I still feel very confident saying that on record. Oh, boy, um,
1: I'm not caught, I'm not going off on that. All right,
0: but uh, uh, you know I think that's going to be that's going to be a a a pressure point. And can they can Fletcher avoid the pressure point? Is I I don't see anything. I think Hextall could have. I think he's shown time and again that he could avoid pressure points. Maybe it was not in the way that led to wins fast enough, but he kind of moved around this stuff pretty easily. Uh, it will be interesting to see what Fletcher can do. But he's it, got, yeah, I
1: mean $33 million in cap space. Yes.
0: Yeah, and that's 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 the scary part to me because you know I don't know where that's gonna go. Um, it'd be nice if they made a run at Carlson. I think they're a team that can. They need a they need right-handed defensemen. He's a right-handed defenseman. They have cap space. I saw they I need.
1: Today that he's hoping for offers from Montreal and Ottawa. Eric Carlson.
0: Well, why is he hoping from? Offers from Ottawa.
1: I have no idea because he likes it there, and hockey players like it where they are comfortable. I have no idea. This is just a story that I saw. I still think you know what? For team number one's probably Tampa, and team two's the Rangers. That's I'm gonna go on record and say that. I don't. Else.
0: I don't. Yeah. I mean, I think Philadelphia obviously has a oh, shot. Oh, the Flyers at getting should, I but I don't know whether the Sharks they're... obviously have a shot at getting him. Uh, but yeah, I think that's probably it on teams.
1: Yeah, and now we. We'll
0: what does Philadelphia really need to do though? I think it's, they need to go through their left-hand side on the defense and they need to figure out which right-hand defenseman they're, they're adding into their system. And can, can, they, they, get the the can they get rid of McDonald? Can they get rid of Buda? I
1: see the Flyers need right D.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a shame we don't have any right D good enough to trade them.
1: Yeah. I <laughs> Cause
0: know. the right D we have that are good enough. We need to keep, yeah. um,
1: Let's focus now on uh, the other coaches that were hired. We'll do a quick thing on all of them. Um, The Sabres hired Ralph Kruger, um, which, I mean, I would have been entirely for if the Panthers didn't get Quenville. Um, I think Kruger's going to be all right for the Sabres. He's a different kind of voice. He has all different different kinds of perspectives, which is obviously something I think that you need. He is a bit of an out-of-the-box hire. That's what I like. Um, The problem is the Sabres are such a cluster F that I have no idea whether that's salvageable. Um, he's going to have to do a lot of what we'd call in soccer band management to like get players on side. Like, can he make Jack Eichel happy with life? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, what, what is that cool. going to look like is, is a huge question because they just cycle through coaches and there's a rot in that place that needs to be fixed. I don't know what it's going to be. I, it looks like they're going to resign Jeff Skinner, which they kind of have to do. They have no choice, but you know, I think Kruger's a good coach. He's better than most of the other coaches that were hired. But I don't legitimately know how much he's going to be able to do to fix that team. Can
0: they, can they get – I think they need to improve their center ice position. I mean, it's obvious they need to rep- improve their D. Oh, you know, but they didn't with trade the Ryan corner,
1: Riley, who might win the Conn Smythe trophy, for Christ's sake.
0: Yeah. I mean, God. they they really just need to – they weren't – they never undid their building after Murray. And I think it's because they they wanted to keep some pieces around Jack Eichel, but I mean Sam Bennett kind of turned around, which is nice. But
1: I mean they still got they don't have centers,
0: they don't have, centers, spot, they don't have D. I mean I don't uh, I don't know if but they don't have any centers, they don't have any D. And how I'm still very much the proponent of you build out to the center of the ice crease crease to centers the increase and I don't I don't think they have the goalie I don't think they have a D outside Dahlin and I don't think they have a center outside Eichel so yeah they have the, the big pieces but they don't have the complementary pieces around their big pieces and they don't have a goalie Um and you can probably draft your way to D with how young Rasmus is and you want to put that core in like a similar age group to him around them um but i I'd, I'd be looking at getting nhl ready centers i mean kevin hayes would have been a, you know kevin hayes at 6 million probably would would be a more bigger add for buffalo than philadelphia but um
1: yeah obviously uh, kevin hayes
0: is pretty I mean, pretty is choosy about what teams center? he plays on yeah i mean Duchesne would be huge for for buffalo i think is somebody that buff would, would sign in Buffalo. He's big into, like, fan bases and, and, and you know. I well, certainly that, got that, but I mean, counts. he's done so uh, much
1: losing in his life. Does he want to go to the Sabres? I mean, he was already Well, he
0: keeps past. saying he wants to win and then goes to team, he you goes know. To crappy but, teams. I mean, it always yeah, happens that so. way. But,
1: I mean, he would be, like, he, there. there's there's that. But, I mean, I don't know. The Sabres are a mess, and I don't know whether they're going to get out of it. But that was a good signing. And, of course, you know, the, the Red Wings hired Steve Iserman. So, you know, at some point they're going to turn it around. I think that I think
0: that's that's more reason to believe that the Sabres might not turn it around is that the competition got a little harder. And like, it's harder to at, turn it around the, when the they're going to push down the, the standings.
1: The Senators are just going to be garbage for a couple of years, like completely and then, rotten.
0: But there's then, no reason to think that Buffalo is not that next team.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, they haven't proved it. For the next because, five because years. Look at, because, look at, because look at this division. Because you still have the Lightning who are going to be great. The Leafs are going to go for it. I fully believe that they're going to do some big things. The Bruins could win the Stanley Cup. The Flyers – I mean, the Flyers. The Panthers yeah. I'm getting, my signals crossed on this podcast. You're like it me. Must be, it must be the pool at Bobby Clark's old house, which is five minutes away from where I live, oddly enough, uh, that is getting me thinking about that. But the Panthers hired Joel Quenville. They might spend, you know, $20 million a year on Panarin and Bobrovsky. The Canadians aren't exactly bad. It is conceivable next year that the top four teams in the East are all Atlantic Division teams.
0: Yeah, I mean – the the biggest thing Buffalo's hoping for is Carey Price, like, blowing out his knee or something. I mean, that's...
1: Or, or, or that's, the Panthers, that's how they're, Panthers that, basically.
0: Yeah, that's how they're leapfrogging teams in the standings. It, it's not looking good, but like you said, Ralph Kruger was... I mean, for my money, the guy, if, if it wasn't going to be Quinville. So that's that's a good... I can't knock that decision at all, but how much can he change can he change the culture from where he's sitting can he change the roster from where he's sitting that when we say that's something you know it's
1: it's a buzzword in hockey and it can mean a lot of things but you know what like with the Sabres it's legit a problem like they are a team that loses and loses and it's a rut in there and it's the
0: same and it's and it's the same type of problem that Philadelphia had with Ed Schneider and you know I think Guler's kind of doing his best Snyder impression where he'll he'll sign the biggest checks you can think of he'll do this he'll do that they'll be everything will be state-of-the-art and he wants to win and he means well and all this stuff he just but he doesn't know how to boy is he over involved and boy is he stupid at times and you know the, you can see it like with the way the bills are run too and oh, and yeah. Yeah. and you know like he's involved in that and he was involved with the Buffalo Buttes and stuff, and now he's not anymore. Penn State and hockey, he's got, yeah, and, vomit. You know, it's it's interesting to just see how how much you know he's playing into the fact that they're not moving forward, because it, it, it's not GM G, it's not GM uh, BM or whatever his name was. Uh, it's not it's not Murray anymore. They got rid of him. It's not Water-all. You know, yeah, it's not all it, – so who, who is it because –
1: Ownership, we talked about this with the Panthers. It's pretty clear at a point when you know it's ownership. You know, it is, a, it is an ownership problem. And with the Sabres, it's not like Pagula doesn't care and he's not willing to invest. It's does the owner know what he's doing? Does the owner know how to push the right buttons? Because we know like the Lightning are great because of Jeff Vinnick. He knows exactly what he needs to do and knows exactly when to step aside. The best teams in the NHL have that ownership that do that. You know, the Sharks have very good ownership in that way. They will spend, but they stay out of the limelight. You know, Vinny Viola's kind of figuring it out now. We'll see if it works. But ownership matters. Uh, Other coaches that were hired, the Oilers hired Dave Tippett. Um, I mean, congratulations to the Edmonton Oilers on hiring Ken Holland and Dave Tippett to... Now, from being in the NHL of 1988, they're in the NHL of 2008. You're still about 10 years behind, but at least you move 20 years in the future. I was, That's a I was just about to
0: say, at least they can compete in the Western Conference Finals of 2008.
1: You know who was in the finals that year? That was Detroit and Dallas that year in 2008. So, I mean, maybe it's possible. Yeah, I know
0: Arizona had a, had a run around there. In 2012, that
1: they... it was the year the Panthers made the playoffs. The Coyotes made it to the Western Conference Final, lost in five to the Kings. Uh, what a weird year that was. Um, I mean, you have that. I mean, again, it's better than it was. They are at least somewhat thinking like they might not be. But that team has so many bad contracts. It's going to take years to undo that mess. And Connor McDavid is starting to get antsy. And you know what? I'm glad a star player in the NHL is saying, let's let's get a move on, guys. Let's start winning. As much as I say, like, in the NBA, it's so tilted that the stars not staying. But, like, a lot of the teams that the stars go to are still run like garbage and the Oilers are like that. The best player in the NHL is on its worst run team. And I hope that the Oilers start winning cuz Connor McDavid needs to start winning. And that's just better for the league of Connor McDavid's in the playoffs. But the Oilers being a d- dumpster fire is beautiful because there is no better Twitter content on hockey Twitter than everyone dunking on the Oilers. It's just so much fun. Now, while I think they're going to be bad, I don't think they're going to be as comically bad as, you know, Peter Cirelli training a third-round pick for Alex Petrovich. Shame of it, you know.
0: I I, I mean, I don't think – but, like, will they do more harmful things? Because, like, I feel like – They
1: did, you know, they sent Paul the Covey logic... gone. Craig McTavish is in Russia. They fired the PR guy who was terrible at spinning. They, they're cleaning yeah, out so... the front office.
0: But it's not like Holland was doing great things at the end of his tenure. No, it's not like, as
1: I said, like, I'm, I when mean, we I'm, talked about scale. I would. It would is you? Better would, than you it was.
0: would you give more, more credit and more leeway right off the hop to Tippett or Holland? Like who are you less? Who do you think is going to be you know, really more likely to step in and get I want a to
1: see what they do this off season. Like, does Connor McDavid have any help? Because you know the whole talk about them is do they play you know Drysdale and McDavid together? And I mean that I want to see what they do this off season. You need to see like what can they get rid of? Do they give Connor any help? You know that will give me like the leeway. But you know what? I think there's a lot of leeway going to be given at Edmonton this year because they're starting from zero. You know what I mean? Like when you start from yeah. zero, everybody gets a free pass and Holland and Tippett have nothing to do with what's happened before them. That's what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? So yeah,
0: I mean I just I think it would be I I just think that's if I kind had of to risky. Lean anywhere,
1: I think you don't really I'd probably go lean Holland because he's going to have a lot more leeway to clean up the mess than Owen Tippett, than Owen Tippett, Dave Tippett. Getting <laughs> things mixed up again. Maybe Owen Tippett will be traded to the Oilers, I don't know. Who cares? I mean, they, they need something. But, hey, can, can we uh, – Jesse pooley to the Panthers for uh, Mike Matheson. I'm still on favor of that. Come yeah, on. I mean,
0: Clefbaum wouldn't be a bad D to get either. I mean, I'm sure there's, yeah, there's some – Yeah, Clefbaum
1: would be fine. Clefbaum will be fine. But the Oilers just have to get rid of contracts. So, we'll have to see. There was a the rumor that we could see an, a trade between the Canucks and the Oilers for, like, Lucic for Louie Erickson. Oh, oh God. Oh, God. What a great trade that was. Other, yeah. other coaches – The Kings hired McClellan. I've got no idea what's happening there. Apparently there's rumors that they might be interested in, you know, like a Patrick Marleau trade to get bad contracts off the books. I have no idea what's going on there. McClellan's a good
0: one. Dean Lombardi's Lombardi's philosophy is still reigning king, it seems. Oh, uh, God. You know what I
1: mean? Well, he was involved with the Flyers, so, you know. I know, you love that. Uh, The Kings are going to be bad for a while. Uh, DJ Smith going to Ottawa, first-time head coach. Um, I mean, the Senators are going to be a dumpster fire for a long time. It's going to take a long time to clean that out. Uh, and the jo-
0: I mean, the joke's already been made by a few people. Uh, I think someone on uh, Dangle's podcast probably made this joke. But uh, the owner of the Senators was criticized in Toronto for their defense, so that they, he went I mean, out I and fired.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: it's hilarious. So. but
1: I mean, they've got—I mean, they don't actually have a bad group of young players, all things considered.
0: No, I it's just Ottawa it's can they get the people who need to be there to turn it around interested and bought into the team yeah. and 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 happy and and willing to stay there and all that stuff can you there's get just
1: enough out of Brady Kachuk, who you know yeah. is what it is Shabbat of course and and Eric Brandstrom and players like that
0: right yeah are they even going to want to stay there because that's the biggest thing I mean they've I mean as much as everyone makes fun of the Senators, what they've done with what they've had is pretty good.
1: Like, so people have said it's, that. It's like, not like... It was the fact that it's the Ottawa Senators and they're awful. Like, people would say, if this was just a random team, like the Avs, for instance, just picking a team out of a hat, like, they'd be in a really good place, just, like, in terms of perception, because of all the young players they're putting in.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, and if they didn't... And, you know, obviously now that... You know they didn't give up Jack Hughes, it's or or Capo Caco, it's it's not a huge deal. I mean, like um, they
1: needed. I mean, if they were at four, they would have gotten a better player than they're going to get at eighteen. Yeah,
0: but they, you know, they made a decent change trade, and and that kind of backfills it a bit. And you know, they're not. It's just they
1: are going to have first round. How play next how can year. you
0: three seconds? They're going to be all right. How can you? How can you trust them? To do what's right when the guy who wields all the power is constantly making an ass out of himself at a at a public uh, in the public space and special. and and then behind like the closed doors F'd they're up. doing It
1: wasn't quite in the same way that Eugene Melnick effed up you know what I mean like they... yeah
0: I mean it, who wants to play for him who wants to, and it's not like Ottawa doesn't have high taxes it's not like Ottawa is a, the the team doesn't even play in Ottawa the the new oh. stadium. Project's a mess, too. There's going to be lawsuits and delays yeah, and all that shit. The
1: thing about the Panthers, even though their rank's not in the best place, you're still playing in beautiful Broward County, Florida.
0: Well, and you know where you're going to be playing. And you know where – you know, it's not up in the air. There's not some – well, maybe we're going back into LeBreton or, you know, like the – that – Or we that have to
1: be back in Maybe before we're going, we move into this new building kind of thing.
0: Yeah, right. It's – you know – you're coming. I mean, right now, it's it's the best Florida's ever looked. You got a great coach. You have a brand new spanking um, practice facility, practice facility going it, in. It's going it to be close Florida,
1: by the water. And uh, yeah, that's going to be retrofitted. It's a really it's a cool looking building. I think it's going to be right. well as a practice facility. Yeah, and it's got character. You know, I mean, there's there's a, there is the benefit of being you know in Florida that you don't get. Ottawa, there's always pressure because you're in Canada. In Florida, as I said. Like, you can go there, and the only media you're going to talk to are our friend Jameson and George.
0: Right. And I mean, there, and, there's
1: some, and there's something to be said for players wanting that. And in the NHL, you have the ability to not have that kind of pressure. Like, there is internal pressure in Florida, but the media is not going to be on you. Because the minute, like, the, the big four stations show up in your locker room, they're going to ask. Don't, there's no pressure put on them. You know, they're not talking you know, on Let's just AM. say
0: this. Mike Matheson that. was never really pressured about anything to do with it. It was never – like, I don't think
1: if it, it, many like, – Listen, if we – The were word turnover was not in the interview. But, we're, but yeah. we're different kind of people, you know. Yeah, um,
0: it, it was it – you get you get uh, pretty let off the hook here. And that's – I guess the that's nice.
1: pressure high. Like, let's not say that there isn't any pressure. But we're talking – when you talk external pressure, like media pressure and fan pressure – If the Panthers make the playoffs this year, even though I think they need to win a series, uh, if they make the playoffs this year, they're gold. They're fine in the eyes of most fans, because the bar is at the Earth's core. You know, the minute there's a playoff game in that building, and the minute they win a playoff game in that building, and the ice is filled with rats, everyone goes home happy. You know, we still think they got to win a series, and I agree with you, and be contending for the cup, but... Like that's the bar in Florida and the bar in Ottawa is really low, except there's a lot of pressure to clear that bar as opposed to the Panthers yeah. where there isn't anything like that. Uh, is there anything mm-hmm. else in the world of hockey? I think we've covered it all other than the final. I think
0: that, I think, you know, we should just, we obviously season. aren't experts. We obviously aren't, aren't experts on this matter and aren't the voices you should be listening to on this matter. But uh, we definitely are in support of the professional women's uh players who, uh, and uh, their association and union, they just started looking to bring some sort of uh, effective women's league that uh, works for the players because right now there's two and, well, They're one, right. really.
1: And there's one and, that's trying to work in spite of the pressure. Yeah. And, and uh, no I'll, I'll, I'm not an as, expert on this. What, I want if, women's hockey to be successful. The sport needs right. women's hockey and, to be successful. And, and we're
0: I both pro-union, so...
1: Yeah, oh, yes, we're both pro-union. But there's also, there's also, you know, like, do you want the NHL involved running a women's league because it's the NHL? And the answer is, you know what? It's better than what we've had. And the NHL, yeah, I, mean, there's... I think at a point the NHL is going to have to be involved. And even if it's a loss leader, you're making new fans. Women's hockey makes new fans. And listen, yeah. it's hard to create women's professional leagues. I've seen it with the, the NWSL with soccer you know the WNBA like listen you have to give it a chance you can't say no we're not going to do this you know and I think like eventually it's going to happen but like y- we watch the women's Olympic like that's great stuff you know we watched the women's worlds, even though you know the ending of that was a joke obviously because I don't know what the penalty was in that final with Finland and the sport of women's hockey would have been better if Finland won even though we're all very much pro-US you know like, I'm rooting for the U.S. women to win the Women's World Cup, obviously, but if the Dutch win, it's probably not bad for women's soccer as a whole. You know what I mean? Like, we'll yeah. we'll see what happens with the women's game. I'm going to leave it. There are plenty of good authorities on Twitter who you can go yeah. to and look at that uh, and talk about that, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, the I, I, thing, I just, the I just think that, that mentioned... there's
0: just not enough not enough people who aren't players um, willing to do the right thing and I, I honestly don't know if there's enough players willing to do the right thing because unfortunately it seems that there's enough players interested in just playing and enough Players who are interested in uh, like these players well, are
1: sacrificing their present for the future, which I can always get yeah. behind because it's very boring.
0: Uh, yeah, and and that's what's going to have to take because unfortunately the people you know in, involved in the NWHL and CWHL and people involved in the N, in the NHL or the the Olympic teams or the national teams they they haven't done anything and they and they aren't going to be doing anything. These players, I, 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 mm. themselves, and, and kind of. Take all the risks themselves. Uh, unfortunately, to get, to get it done, yeah, and I wish there's... them the best because, I I love I love watching the the NCAA D one women's teams and and on all the action on ESPN Plus. I buy in. I'd be willing to do some.
1: If you were on ESPN that plus, one. plus, do you know what you might have seen? If you were interested in watching random soccer, me, which I did. <laughs> well, this is actually well, legit true. I I did do that. I did call some games. ESPN, plus
0: plus. ESPN staff worker, Matt Lichtenstadter. No,
1: no, 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 no. It's a production company. I'm not being paid by ESPN, by the way, to promote <laughs> that. But I'm just saying, like, you would have seen me. Where's your
0: offered in Connecticut?
1: Where's your uh, no, office in- no, 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 no. It was in South Florida where I was working. I can assure you of that. Um, <laughs> anyway, one uh, w- well, quick word on the final before we leave you to your own devices with hockey. Let's talk about the final has been really weird because the Blues have won multiple times this season in this final when the Bruins have been downed up 5-D. Uh, and, you know, okay. Uh, the Blues have been able to respond really well to adversity, even when it looks like the Bruins are going to take the series over. It just hasn't happened. But I, I still think Boston's going to come out and win because until a Boston team loses in an event like this, I have no idea. How I can even predict them to win because of all the teams they like, even the ones that are not in Boston, owned by Boston people, win freaking titles because the refs an idiot doesn't know what a handball is. This is referring to the Champions League final, by the way, which I'm still mad at and I will always be mad at for the rest of time. But uh,
0: that was a handball. Can't get is a handball every time. But go ahead.
1: Quit it, Crystal Palace fan. Anyway, the point is, um, listen. I still think they're going to win. There. Still think the Bruins are going to win the final. The Blues have responded multiple times pretty well to adversity this postseason. Uh, they've done it in the final. Um, the only thing that I've learned about the final is, as I said, this is where my bottom six point comes in because the Bruins and the Blues both have really solid bottom sixes that their coaches trust, and the Panthers haven't had that ever. And yeah. that, that's where I'm talking about. Like, you need uh, – you need like, they've got Chari and, you know – Players like that, right? Sean Corrali. The Panthers have guys who could become that. They also have had like great postseasons for Marcus Johansson and Charlie Coyle. But the Panthers need guys like that. That's where my bottom six thing came in. The point being, you know, that's where I, I see it. I still the Blues have played pretty well. It's funny that Ryan O'Reilly might end up winning the Con Smythe if the Blues win the Cup. I don't think they're going to. But I'm happy this is a long series. This has been an entertaining series it's been an interesting series. The The thing that I think stylistically that we're noticing is that a really aggressive four check, high energy four check from the blues. That's a style that can work. You know, that's a style that could take speed away in many cases. Now, obviously the game is still getting smaller and faster, but that four check does work and it's how you blend it in to what you do elsewhere. I think that's going to be interesting going forward, obviously.
0: Yeah. I think for me, where I, where I see the differences between the two teams, the bruins to me are a a cup contender um who've gone lucky who have a hot goalie um and are and are good on paper and they have it all kind of working for themselves right now and um this Besides, you know, they get the bounces and, and things, and they get lucky sometimes when they take stupid penalties and the other team doesn't score and stuff like that or not getting called for stupid penalties that Marshawn takes but doesn't get called for, you know, the whole deal. Yeah, well, uh, the where Bruins the, in
1: games one and three when they get yeah. the dumb penalties, and, I mean, the with, Bruins were perfect on the power play in game three. I mean, for me, where, it's for, just like... But also, the but Bruins the, are not what you think of the Bruins. You know, the Bruins are a speed team, you know? But, like,
0: with with the with the Blues, I I think they're playing, and I think even the Western Conference Finals, they're playing above their head. I mean, I think this year they had a lot of mojo working for them, and with Bennington and, and Barubi especially. But they're it's not
1: been bad in this series. He hasn't been good. Yeah,
0: but until but up to that's the but only reason up they're up in the Stanley the Cup. Series. Like yeah. I don't think that they're a Stanley Cup team. I don't like they. The reason they're a Stanley Cup team, and this is something you alluded to, is because in a crazy postseason, their team's best skill is pushback, right? Then Bennington after a bad game, yeah, he, like, he's he's teams automatic teams had when had yeah. two
1: and four to being bullied in games and one and three, and it that's and that's how you really make impressive. it
0: through that that marathon of a playoff you know, format that the NHL has is to be really good at that. But I think when you go up a team like Boston, who's good at that and is good on paper and has a hot goalie and has a better coach. Like there was a time that I thought
1: last night when the Bruins scored shorthanded and it was two, two, I'm like, the blues are going to lose this. They're going to get the soccer phrase I use is killed by the finishing pixie or killed by expected goals. If you'd like, Rask is going to play out of his mind. The Bruins are going to get a cheap goal and win the game in the third period or overtime, and that's the end of that. They're going to lose in game five. But, but has, it hasn't happened has, that way. Yeah,
0: every other game the Blues haven't showed up. Some, you know, a lot of games in the playoffs the Blues have just not shown up at, like, and they didn't even give themselves just, a like, chance, complete chance to win. That
1: they've thrown out there, and they've been not great at home. But
0: And it's, it's hard to win like that. It's hard yeah. to win a cup like that. I mean, you can win series. You can get to a Stanley Cup. Uh, you know Vegas a year shows.
1: in the Stanley but, Cup final where the best team you've played on your way here is what the Sharks who have no goaltender and were completely... I would say Boston. Right? Well, oh yeah, I'm on like your way to, to get Boston, to. Boston up to Boston in the west. Yeah,
0: and yeah, so and that's what, yeah.
1: Vegas they didn't have to play, you know. They had to
0: play a a falling apart Sharks team.
1: Yeah. Um, yep. And the Stars and, were a team that, you know, relied so heavily on Ben Bishop to to keep them in. And you know, like they didn't get to play one of those like oh my god teams until the Bruins. Now I think Boston's still going to win, but yeah, the Blues. I mean
0: I definitely think so.
1: The blue the Blues being here is is impressive, and I I've enjoyed their presence in the final. I've enjoyed Craig Berube. You know, after it's good
0: for me because play. I don't like St. Louis and I don't like Craig Berube, and it looks like they're going to have a long marriage after this year. And um,
1: they're still cold old, and their entire. They'll team keep is... Jay
0: Bomeister around. It'll be great.
1: Jay Bomeister Yep. That's my yeah. favorite part of this series, too, Jay Beameister. <laughs> In that, isn't yeah, that it,
0: it it would be nice if Braden Shen won a Stanley Cup. I like Shen. I like uh, Tarasenko enough. Um, i
1: i I, I'm a, I like Tarasenko. I like some of their other guys that they've got.
0: But I just yeah, I just don't like the St. Louis Blues. I just can't root for him. I and then you know, taking that away. I don't think they're a team that deserves to win. I think that they've had battles and games where they look like a team that's supposed to win, but I think you know
1: you know what it is another they're just kind of
0: one of the magic biology, teams this year, but I don't, biology, don't think magic you play a team that presses winning.
1: like this team does sometimes that pressing team, if you're playing against another like with this four check, which is so hugely aggressive it is always on your D and killing them you know the Bruins have a much better roster like. I've been hugely impressed with obviously Johansson, Charlie Coyle's been really good. You know, as much as we made fun of Don Sweeney for screwing up three straight picks, I mean, still built a pretty dang good team. I mean, it helps when you have Bergeron, Pasternak, and, and Marchand, but and, and Chara,
0: who's yeah, not and, doing and, too yeah,
1: and Rask has been great this postseason. But Carlo and Grizzly, Connor Clifton, you know what I mean. Like, they've got plenty of young players who are good, and they're not the big, bad Bruins that they were under Chiarelli. It's a different Bruins team that's working. And as much as I dislike the Bruins and I dislike a lot of Boston fans, you know, I mean, if a team – if you had to have your team be built like the Bruins, I don't think the NHL is going to be in a bad place. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and the good thing is if you're listening to Coach Q on Craig constant's Full 60 podcast through The Athletic, when he was asked, like, what team and stuff – that's you know that made the playoffs this year that resembles what he did in chicago and what he'd kind of do in in florida he he picked the bruins so and
1: listen that's not is replicable you can play like that and i'm pretty sure that if the panthers they had to fix their d but they can play like that and that yeah, is and a style you don't that have to go really get really well not just regular season but postseason and Joe have... will get that out of the panthers
0: you don't have to resurrect Norris, and you don't have to go get P.K. Subban or Eric Carlson to do that. I mean, you just go get Matt Grizzly or whatever, I mean, you know. I mean, if you like,
1: find a Grizzly, Carlo. A, a Carlo, D, yeah. You're, you're, you're go- if you can find a guy who can replicate what those two D did, if you can find a guy who can catch lightning in a bottle like a Johansson did, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. You're I, fine. I think with... The D if like if a if Carlo and Johansson floor, or not Johansson. Line, it's, it's easier to do because those are just guys who just play a, an efficient game, are smart and consistent. Um,
1: okay, and if you're where it's line, not
0: like catching it's not like catching lightning in a bottle. It's well, kind of just if like, oh, line
1: Is next year is Sevier, Howerlock and Malgan, and they play the way you know they can <sighs> play. I know you don't like Colton Sevier, but he actually well, I so mean well in some of these.
0: I'm just expecting Sheehan and Brower too. I know, too, so I know, and that pisses like, me off, right. too.
1: But if your fourth line is that next year, like, that's a reasonably solid fourth line that can do a lot of good things.
0: Yeah, but, you know, it's also a fourth line that I can look at right now and say it might have to get better, and I think that's sort of but listen, the attitude if they, if teams they, they, need to have yeah. and fans they, need to have. Like,
1: if they work out the way that they can with the cap and they're actually going to spend the cap, they have enough room to make a johansson coil type acquisition at the deadline to get better and as i said there's a lot to think about with this team and and uh, the final's been fun i'm just happy it's going six games because we haven't had a seventh game in the final since 2011 i want a seventh game in the stanley cup finals that'll be fun great great viewing experiences and uh, by the way all can is just busy watching the raptors so
0: yeah i don't want to talk about that i i could care less about drake so um. Uh,
1: i'm not talking about drake
0: well, I mean anything
1: anything Villanova. that has to do with the Raptors Villanova, either gets linked Villanova back to God Drake fire or fire how fire. it helps the Leafs. Big big six. A big, you know, big five plus one, excuse me. The, I'm sorry. There's
0: two there's two things I've heard about the Raptors. It's Drake and being how does this help the Leafs type stuff. Oh. Like, well, because of all the interest in this blah blah blah, blah like you know. how
1: does it help the Leafs crap is terrible. Can I just say the Raptors are their own thing and they're very enjoyable for what they are? There's nothing wrong yeah. with that. I mean I mean, of course, it's, it's going to happen because it's Canada. It's a
0: really good, it's a really really good IndyCar year, and
1: ah.
0: um, well, you know, I mean, you definitely You're
1: kind of bored with Mercedes winning everything in Formula One. As I am. Are you bored?
0: Although, of I am. I'm bored of that. Although I don't think I'll ever be bored of Lewis Hamilton.
1: Lewis Hamilton. So I like Lewis Hamilton.
0: Yeah, he's he's a great personality. He's fun, I and uh, he's not getting tired of winning though.
1: Because because remember when Max Verstappen was starting to win things, and we were like, oh maybe
0: yeah and you know he's not he's he's racing well and everything and honda the honda engine that red bull is using is moving along and i just i like, and but,
1: yeah, they're doing better than want, they usually the way, do which which i'm uh, somewhat interested uh, in. i know tommy likes a lot um the canadian grand prix is coming up which is always an interesting race yeah that's always a fun race yep um,
0: out on an island
1: literally out yeah. on an island in the middle of in the middle of montreal it's a cool it's a cool place to race but you know I, I kind of get bored because, like, you know what? Hamilton and Botas winning everything because the car, in the end, means more than the driver in many ways. By the
0: end of the summer, it might not be the case because Red Bull always does better at the end of the year. They're they're better for the tracks and, and at the end of the know year. they're and killing they've themselves. They've started. They started better this year than they usually do. So hopefully that.
1: In Maranello, they're just killing themselves.
0: Yeah, and it's great because uh, of. The one Ferrari driver wears uh, number 16, and I call him Ferrari Barkov because right. uh, I like Leclerc? him. Charles Claire. yeah, and Leclerc. since he has a hockey name too, like Leclerc. Leclerc. Leclerc.
1: yeah, it's not spelled like Leclerc. Leclerc, but it is. Yes, okay. So there's your Formula One update, and uh, the Women's World Cup is starting. U.S. very much interested in seeing how well they do, looking
0: for And that. Uh, they're claiming that's the best team that they've had in a while. So the
1: U.S. not yep. quite sure about that. Um, I'd be worried. That's about what the they're French. saying. I'd be worried about the French. I'm worried about the Dutch. The Dutch are really good. This 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 Dutch team is fantastic. I'm worried you about You know,
0: them. do you know who I hate more than the French? The Dutch.
1: Why that's do an you awesome, hate the
0: Dutch? What that, that's, an you? Powers. that's an awesome Powers quote. Oh, I, just, I don't care about Austin Powers. Anyway, so. Well, you brought up France and, and Dutch in soccer. So I feel like well, that was coming. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, I, I watched Ajax completely fall apart in the Champions League final. One of the greatest oh, moments no, they, of my life
0: that killed me that was oh.
1: spectacularly good I mean, and then Barca, well, signed the, the Barca signed Frankie de Jong after they collapsed against Liverpool it's just spectacularly good anyway
0: and um, Pogba's might be going to Juventus so. again?
1: jeez as they sign Maurizio sorry well, okay we'll get to that at another point in time Juventus
0: needs him bye everyone
1: Juve uh, <laughs> I hate Juve by the way screw them uh, this is not going to be I have to like Juve um, I can guarantee you this there's going to be we're going to have a lot to get to when we start getting trades and draft stuff we'll get to it hopefully we'll have guests you're going to get a lot of y hockey in your ears coming very soon cuz there's this we're getting to the good and
0: stuff and if they the and family. if florida does not sign one of panarin or Bobrovsky and does not get a partner for ekblad if at least one of those three things has to happen for me to podcast next year ah. if they don't if they if they go o for three on those three things
1: come i'll on, just Panthers. i'll just watch come on Panthers. i'll just Let's watch go. Come on, Panthers. I'll be a
0: go. happy fan. I'll, you know, I'll still be positive and everything. But I, I wouldn't be able to podcast. I need, what I hockey? need, I need that, that big fresh addition to talk about on the ice every night. Um, I think
1: we're going to, I think, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll get. You to know what it. I mean? Anyway, yes, I agree with you one hundred percent. And also, if they draft Philip Blowberg, you'll be podcasting too.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess that might be the kicker. If they have a good draft, they might be able to, at least keep me on the on the hook a little longer
1: Panthers. I know people from the Florida Panthers follow me and I tweet about why hockey. And And if they
0: listen to this podcast, maybe they made it this far.
1: Uh, I don't know if they. this was supposed
0: to be an hour. This is
1: supposed to be an hour and it's two hours. That's the why I love this. Why hockey podcast? You know, that's what hockey, that's what, that's what, again, where else are you going to get this from? That's what I love about doing this show. Tommy and I have been friends for a while, and we're just, it's a natural. We talk about hockey. We have fun doing it. I can't talk about hockey with anybody else other than this guy like this. And, you know, there's some some fun stuff in the pipeline. So, so, enjoy the rest of the final. Uh, If other crazy stuff happens, trust me, we'll be podcasting. But we're only 17 days away from the draft so it's, it's yeah happening. so I gotta get
0: my my fucking article done and put yes. on rat trick right well, yeah, I read
1: it. I'll be pimping it out as much as I possibly can until then of course go um Max Verstappen I guess probably
0: yep sounds about right
1: definitely does